Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the April 28, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. And joining me on this episode, I've got Adam Vitali. Hi, it's me again. Hello, and I've got Josh Torres. What's up, world, for the first time? Yes, it's been a little bit of a gap uh, since you were one whole uh, week. Just a couple weeks. I think you and Adam have both shared a break. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, of course, came back last week after a month-long break, so we all had some time off to think about things. Um, yeah, it's it's been a slightly eventful week, uh, a little bit better than last week, for sure, uh, with how short that episode was, kind of shocked how, how short it was. Uh, Chow was also on last week, by the way, but he'll I'll be missing out on this one. So yeah, we've got plenty to talk about, a lot of it having to do with uh, Nintendo, uh, but also with Ben and Emco and Square Enix, so... Before we get into that, we always like to talk about the games we've been playing. So, Adam, uh, you talked a little about this off the recording, but uh, you started up on Tales of Destiny. I saw that on Twitter uh, you had shared a picture of the different uh, games you had imported. Uh, so, how's that been going for you? Is yeah. this your first time playing that game? Yep. So, April is a bit of a quiet month for me. Um, I'm not really into God of War, and Yakuza is a series I'm interested in, but just haven't got around to. And oh, I figure boy. probably not to start with the sixth one. What are you um, talking about? That's the perfect one to get in. <laughs> I don't know if you want to start. Yeah, you don't want to start. Yeah, not at the end, for sure. Yeah. So um, I was playing, I talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, with the East 8 PC port, which sounds like they've improved it a bit. Um, uh, are, I, I just I, come out like the day 13th update or something? Yeah. Well, I saw that they supposedly, I haven't checked yet, fixed the... Uh, control so it's now analog which that was like the biggest thing that basically put me off of it right away so uh i'm sure there's still other things i need to patch up a bit (laughs) but the uh anyways i had some time to kill to maybe work on some games in my backlog and so i have a lot of games that i need to get to and one i just decided kind of randomly tales of destiny uh i wanted to play it's actually the last english tales game that i have haven't played yet uh, I have, like you mentioned, imported a few other Tales games. Like, for example, I have the Tales of Destiny remake, which is on PlayStation 2, which I, I know a couple of people, some friends of mine, who they love that game. They adore it. Yes, it as, is. I heard great things, yeah. In terms of being, like, the pinnacle for 2D Tales. Like, these Tales games have, like, the 2D side-scrolling type um, battle system versus the more 3D arenas that more modern Tales games I have. I really like the 2D, way more the 3D yeah. battle systems for Tales. Totally. It's yeah, fun. Like, it's uh, just a lot of fun, yeah. And, and actually, about a year ago, I, I on the podcast, I even talked about it. I played Tales of Eternia, which is also 2D. Um, and that battle system is really fun, actually. Yeah, that, that's um, some rocks. Yeah, but Tales of Destiny is the game before it. So I'm, it is a little bit of an adjustment backwards um, from Eternia. Now, just a slight, small history lesson. Tales of Destiny was actually the very first Tales game released in English. Yes. Um, but it's not the very first Tales game. That's Fantasia. But the original release of Fantasia, which was on Super Nintendo, never released in English. And then it was ported to PS1, which was never released in English. We actually ended up getting the GBA version, which is the one I played. And it's also the worst one in yes. terms of performance. <laughs> and, uh, second to the mobile version, apparently. That was also pretty, uh, pretty bad. Oh, I forgot it had a mobile version. Yeah, I remember uh, had like you had a, it was this it, like pay online only paid mechanics, and it quickly got shut down. So <laughs> I, for, I totally forgot that happened. Online only Tales of Fantasia. That was the dumbest thing they could have done, but whatever. It's also got a, it's, that it's also got like a great, but yeah, 
Go on. Anyways, Tales of Destiny. It if you played Fantasia, Destiny is it, it looks and functions almost identically, just with a different cast of characters in a different world. Um, it compared to the GBA version of Fantasia, it's a certainly a smoother experience, but it's it's not as it's not as uh, dynamic and as fun as Eternia, which makes sense. I'm going, it's kind of yeah, like backwards yeah. from that, right? Exactly. Um, now, I don't know how much I want to talk about this game. If you guys are really interested in talking about old games, but uh, all the time, honestly, I love them. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is like, uh, I mean, just briefly, it's just that like I yeah. want to get into the Tales series, and I only beat Graces, and so I would love to start on Tales of Destiny. So hearing about this will uh, motivate me, I think. Yeah. So the let me first talk. The storyline itself is pretty typical. Um, I mean, you have to kind of consider this was like the second game in the series. So there are a couple of things that be- that become sort of uh, staples or tropes going forward that were maybe more original here. Um, but one thing about Tales of Destiny that I actually kind of appreciate is it does not focus or revolve around summon spirits at all. So that already makes it a little bit different from Fantasia, from Eternia, from Symphonia, um, which all those storylines have to do with summon spirit. So it's 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 almost it's like such a small thing, but it's actually a little bit refreshing that it's it's focusing on other elements, other things. It's for the the localization for the time. It seems okay to me. Yeah. But like it's better than other games. Like heck, it might be better than Suikoden, which kind of Suikoden I love, but this the localization is kind of weird. Um, and certainly better than something like Wild Arms, Wild Arms 2. <laughs> I yeah. Wild Arms 2 is horrible. Like, <laughs> let me just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, it's, just it's talking about games in a like, similar like, era. Yeah, it's like, actually, I'm sorry, I just, I came across a thread where someone said, like, of that era, it's like also Legend of Dragoon, which I got to play a little bit of and streamed it, and I talked about how the writing felt very stiff. Apparently, that is the same problem. Very, like, very bad localization that I, I like, I didn't pay t- close attention to. Someone's actually actively working on getting that fixed as well. So those types of projects are also interesting to uh, pay attention to. We, so we like retranslations. It's hard to maybe detail how a localization is, you know, in a podcast. But I actually started to write down. Anyways, um, the game is was released in 1997. And there's there's a, there's a lot of places where the game, you can tell it's a localization from the 90s. And there's this kind of this amusing tone to everything where characters talk to each other in a very casual way, even if the like the situation doesn't, like it doesn't really fit for them to be speaking to each other so casually. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, actually, oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually started to write down just some of the wording that they used and some of the things that they say in the game. And let me just kind of list, go through this list. Now, some of these things may not sound like that weird, maybe on its own, but just like how prevalent it is in this game uh, and how casual. It just felt like there was no, yeah, it it's, it's like it, it was like an era where it felt like it had no stakes because of the way people were like, it felt like yes. a play almost in, in some sense. So like some of the phrasing they use, no big deal, kinda, the overuse <laughs> of the, the overuse of the adjective really so something can be yes. really bad <laughs> really stupid <laughs> really hate you're a sissy you're on my nerves bozo give me a break <laughs> bozo this is, ch- <laughs> this is child's oh play bub get out of here <laughs> bum this, is so, sure this isn't like a work in designs localization because that's i'm playing magic net radio and i get that same like all those words too yo g thanks man cool our heels <laughs> whoa 
All right. Not not all right. Like, I thought this was just a single character thing, but more than one character has said it. All white. Like, all right, only you replace the L with the W. I have no idea why they did that. Okay, all okay. white. I don't, yes. Like, more than one character said that. Good grief. Buffoon. No problem, man. How messed up is this? Yup. Doofus. See ya. Sicko. No foolin'. <laughs> That's cake. No, no sure thing. <laughs> Fooey. Yakking. Fooey. And this is... Yeah, here's a here's an actual sentence that just seems okay. Let me just read the sentence. It's a full sentence. My father rebelled against this plan, so he was killed off. Now, it, like the way it came across in dialogue, oh, it's just like it was like he didn't care that his father <laughs> yeah. was murdered. He's just like my father is. Just, he's, he's, he it was a very it, as a matter of fact. Sorry, kind of yes, yeah. in, in the context around it is. Uh, uh, just like he says it, like he doesn't even care. Just my father was killed or rebelled, so he was killed. Now, like I know I, I just listed it. off, but <laughs> I know I listed off a bunch of things. Like I still think the localization is okay in terms of the fact that characters do have some character to them. Things make sense, things flow, but there's just every like very frequently these kind of phrases and things pop up, and it's just. It, it, it honestly so reminds me of using. Uh, it, it reminds me of like uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and one of my fucking my own like one of my memories of Final Fantasy VIII <laughs> that will always no not even whatever it's Cypher's oh. use of chicken wuss to talking to the yes. devil. Oh, that is yeah, that is like course. those the that is the that, thing that sticks out to me the most about that game. When I first think of you know, FF8, that's the first thing I think of of because chicken, chicken wuss is like, so good. <laughs> I mean, even back then, I remember playing it for the first time when I was like ten or eleven. Even then, I thought I was like. Well, who says this? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is not something that a normal person says. That, that's something that sold me on like uh, that's something that sold me on Cyber Show. It's like this guy's pretty cool. Was I mean, Final Fantasy Eight is filled with stuff like that, so that that makes yeah. sense. Everyone likes to make a poke fun at the at the dialogue in the in those games. Like sure. like like nineties era hammy localizations uh, for RPGs. Kind of to it's me great. that the, yeah, to me that's like the that's that like the. That was like the whole personality of the era. Like, just it's yeah. kind of like that's whatever. Why, I mean, like, that's why you see like so many of like remasters and remakes for games that they come back and fix the script again. Like, you know, like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, like, it's like a, I understand it's important, games. but at the same time, I feel like we lost something appeal, as a culture you know? because I love of it. it. You know, yeah. I can't go back. I want. I still like when Frog is the only person who speaks weirdly because he's a frog. It doesn't matter. I will. I will say that um, there are. I played enough Japanese games, even though I don't really know Japanese. There are certain phrases that you see over and over again in in localizations, and you, I, I within like the first two hours of Tales of Destiny, there's a character that says something along the lines like "You're looking for it," um, <laughs> it, it, it being uh, you know like emphasized. You're looking for it, and that's you know I don't know exactly the other mind. <laughs> yes, it is. It's actually red. Oh, <laughs> um, and that, that's I, I, you, Josh. Probably be a little bit more knowledgeable about this than I am, but that's like a, a type of wording that they use in Japanese more frequently than English. So it, yeah, that's like the, the, that. basically like their their classic tactic of like try to be mysterious. Yes, uh, doing, doing a bad job. What it is is uh, what it is is um, your character is on a boat or an airship in the, at the beginning of the game, and there's like a magic sword on the ship, and then like people are like you're looking for it and you don't know what it is and you later learn they're talking about a sword um but yeah that's like a technique that might sound more natural in japanese because you know just that's not as uncommon there but it just kind of sounds awkward in english there's also it, it, it's also it's also like like try to like uh localize onechan or onichan like uh, like it'd be big sis or yeah. big bro you know but that doesn't sound 
work well yeah. in English. Oh, at I all. remember like they were talking about Persona Four is supposed to sort of you know introduce people. Even three was supposed to like introduce people more to the Japanese culture, and it's still and, like, yeah, that just comes off way so, off. <laughs> yeah, it's just like okay, whatever, Japan. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's I, 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 there's there's also like one character who keep, there's also a character that says pretty frequently, "I'm so glad." Which I'm sure is some common Japanese phrase, um, and there's a there's a lot there's a couple of times where exposition a character says a statement and then another character basically repeats the statement with a question mark. That's also very oh, common. Oh yes, it's like it's like vinegar solid or shinra. Yeah, <laughs> like they gotta like, repeat everything that's, to- that's told to them in a question. Oh, sailors at the dock, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one more thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. You really oh, time. You probably should have paid attention more to the game than finding this stuff down. Uh, uh, there was a can't be helped. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, that, oh that's yep. definitely you know can't be helped. That's very. <laughs> hey, can't be helped. I know is an English is a valid English phrase. In fact, uh, um, even like Kingdom Come Deliverance, which is you know I don't know. I'm, if I'm, I'm okay with the, with the with the phrase. It can't be helped. Just like just the frequency it, is a yeah. little bit weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was just going to mention it. It's like in, it's in Kingdom Come to Deliverance uh, has that. I don't know if that was written originally in English or in Czech, but not only a Japanese localization thing. Yeah, I mean we're talking about a game that's like twenty years old. So you know, yeah. even even nowadays though, you still run into that problem. So it's like yeah. it's hard to say what exactly they can fix. It, it, it was, yeah, it was it was always a weird thing back in like you know the nineties era of localizations so for these massive projects because you had to you had to hardware considerations to, to think about like character limits. Uh, the schedule that you were given, like you know, uh, back I mean, then, lo- that, yeah, <laughs> no digitals, you know. Back then, localization was like it, it was a very kind of not say to say thoughtless, but it wasn't placed as highly as it is now. Where like you know, you it, know. It, it, it was a very so literal stiff. It's kind of like okay, just just translate this dialogue to English. What could be so hard about that? You know, like it, yeah. it, it was a very. Mm-hmm. The times were different back then, and it definitely showed. But at the same time, you, we got something a little special out of it, even if it was unintentional. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As for the game itself, like it's not, it's okay. Um, it's just you kind of just have to be in the mindset that this is the second game in the series. Uh, it plays almost exactly like Fantasia, so I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say. I will say that I'm in the second half of the game right now. And it devolved into a very typical JRPG plot. At least yeah, it seems like most Tales games I've experienced. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, spoiler, the bad guy wants to destroy the world. Yep, that's... We're, we're and we due to, to like, uh, for, for like a new Tales game or a new Tales reveal sometime this year, I feel. It's, an, it's been yeah, a long time. Yeah, well, Tales time. Fest, there's that one for the Switch that's supposed to be happening, right? That's like, right. That's if, we consider, if we consider Japanese release of Berseria, that was summer... 2016. So this summer at Tales Fest, it'll been have have been two years since that game released in Japan. So you figure they might have something. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it also though the series probably needed a, a little bit of a break. Uh, so we'll see. Oh yeah. For sure. It needs a significant improvement because Biseria is still built for the PS3. So yeah, that was I just about to mention. It didn't it didn't release on PS3 in English, but I think it did in Japan. So this yeah, next Tales game will be the actual like first not cross-gen really so i I, I wonder i I really wonder like either if they're going to make it a worldwide simultaneous release this time around or at least somewhat close to the japanese release 
I think uh, they didn't they originally claim it was going to be for Versaria or at least Hysteria, and yet it still got like pushed away. At least they said now it's going to be within six months instead of like. Oh you yeah, know, they, 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 it, was, it was a weird like claim, like uh, like I forget if it was like a year or or six months or whatever, but it's just a weird thing to like months, yeah. to, to, to brag about. Like yeah, the the you're going to get to experience it within the six months after. It's like that's, that's not what we want to hear. What the I fuck? mean, like, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more text in it, but like I'm looking at a game like Dark Souls. It's usually like a month later, if that. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's, well, it's, it, like, it, I hope it's something better, though. I think it just depends on how... Because, first of all, I guess Bandai Namco's big, big titles, they release worldwide, like Dragon Ball. It's but nice. also, that's a fighting game and doesn't have that much dialogue and text to translate. I mean, I know it has mm-hmm. some, but compared to an RPG. But also, they have like the uh, Dark Souls, and even Code Vein seems like that's going to be worldwide. Uh, yeah, I think it's supposed to be, because... Uh, haven't heard of the Japanese. Yeah, you also have like, so like you know, not, just not RPG stuff like Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, RPG Heroes though being the being a bigger localization yeah. effort, that's where it kind of is a little bit trickier if they can make it worldwide for Tales. And also, Tales is not like super, not a huge seller. It's still like a B tier, mm-hmm. not super niche mm-hmm. RPG, but it's not. Yes. Dark Souls. So no, it's, it's definitely not worth that much effort for them. So I, mean, I think they should just uh, lost, they yeah. should just like change up the next Tales title. So you know you're uh, you're caring for this kid and you're like a parent <laughs> that's kind of kind of grumpy that's, and you kind of have Tales to... of Zillia too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Speaking of it, whatever happened to uh, Estolia, the Baba like Square Enix studio? What was he working on? Um, he uh, doesn't work for that anymore. He he's still he's still working on that fantasy RPG thing. Yeah, but it, nothing has come out of that. It, it's it's kind of yeah. like a, what happened to Project Refantasy and. Um, there was another one, uh, Monolith Soft's fantasy, next fantasy thing. Yeah, that's right. Like, the, 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 it's like the holy trinity of like uh, <laughs> fantasy projects that like we won't hear of like a good amount of time. It just all had the great fantasy. fantasy one is actually coming along because we saw gameplay of it, so we actually know what that is. Uh, it's just kind of different than what we're used to because they sort of announced it right like, literally when they're starting and not even like they're still hiring people it, it was all weird because like it was within like a span like, of like two to pr- three months they all came out and said yeah we're working on this it's fantasy based and then just one after another it's like wait what is there some fucking conspiracy here it's a weird japanese thing i don't know what's going on i mean because i remember when uh Berseri came back well baba's name isn't on it what, what's he up to because uh now it's yeah. like he's working on something else was it they call like prelude something project prelude or I'd have to look it up. I don't remember. Yeah, it was like, like I forget, like something stone. Uh, maybe it's just prelude. Because I remember, I remember it being something like that, and people were talking about how stupid the name was. But you know, that's just how it is. But yeah, that's. I was just curious. I was just thinking about that because, of course, like he was the face of Tales for so long, and obviously he didn't work on Berseria, and that was way more better received than Hysteria. Uh, so it still seems like it could be in a really good place, and I'm hopeful that yeah, with the next iteration, they'll do something. Maybe they'll use like the Code Vein engine. Uh, which I guess is Unreal Engine Four, right? Is that yeah. is that the one they use? Yeah, so I can uh, easily see that. Like, it can, that'd be a nice boost to that series because I mm-hmm. think, like, honestly, uh, people get way more excited. Like, there's a much more fervent base. It feels like around uh, the Tales games versus like the Final Fantasy games. Obviously, I mean, that it's taking. More... They're yeah. taking a lot of time because it's going to be a 2D base battle system. It's sprites. It's going to look amazing. Yes. Cell shaded. <laughs> I love sprites. Like I, I on the last year's on last week's podcast, I was playing talking about Chrono Trigger a bit, and games like that will always hold up oh, much man. better Octopath. than. Oh, we got yeah. a July July fifteenth, man. Is it July fifteenth? Yeah. July twelfth. July twelfth. July twelfth. 
Yeah, twelfth. Yeah. yeah, they put out the box there, and that box there is sweet. So I, I, I liked. I like. I saw someone mention how uh, Akahiko Yoshida is that the right name? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, has the best box arts this gen with Nier Automata, Octopath yes. Traveler, Final Fantasy Twelve, Zodiac Age. Like, and he's the artist for Grand Blue Fantasy, so he's got yeah. the Grand Blue Fantasy thing on down, and that's like they, they put out new characters every now and then, and his art still looks amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, he. That's the stuff that like that's what like the the argument for why people want physical is because it's just great to have that box art when efforts actually put into it. It's not like something dumb like Detroit where it's just someone's face all zoomed in. You know, it's funny. Someone showed the face of that uh, the Detroit uh, being human box art, and they put it next to was it like the Shrek battle game (laughs) (laughs) back on like the GameCube era? It was just Shrek's face all blown up in front of the box. It was like yeah, they just we have probably we have probably talked about this before, but you know what game coming out has like. The worst box art I have maybe ever seen. Uh, van- uh vampire. 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 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just some guy. guy. It's just. He's, he's, he, you know, like that. That it's kind of a canned stereotypical thing you do if you have blood on your cheek or lip or whatever. He's kind of doing that, and he's just like, "This is a game about vampires in nineteen early nineteen hundreds London or something." And this is the best you can come up with. Really, Life of Strange yeah, had cool box art, and so I'm, it's kind of dumb that they just chose something so generic looking. <laughs> just like I hope that maybe they'll fix it up. Like that game doesn't even have a release date. I thought it was supposed to be out sometime next month. I, I, I really no, wonder about like, the market, what the marketing data is. It's like, oh, oh it these, so oh, these, these sorts, uh, th- these sorts of games that have like these blown up generic, uh, you know, characters on the, 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 the heads down. <laughs> yeah, up. yeah. I, I wonder if that's like that's a sales data speaking of like, oh yeah, these games sell well when they have the uh, back to the sixty four video. Well, I also <laughs> saw like I know some people were complaining about the Spider Man box art. But oh, in terms of marketing, yeah. first of all, I think it's kind of neat, you know. It's, even it's if it Spider-Man, is, yeah. come on. But, like, in terms of marketing, that is going to... You have this bright red box with Spider-Man in swinging action right on the cover, and the title of the game is just Spider-Man. Just that alone so, is yeah, going to sell copies. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to make it so unusual. Like, it's supposed to draw not yeah. just video game fans, but obviously comic book fans and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah that's. I think that box art's perfect for what it is, you know? Like, what else can you really do? Okay, here's what they was just, like, the do. logo, right? The, you just fucking make technology so you have a GIF playing on that box art of just Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, so read it? oh, man. Well, let's go back. Let's do that. I actually am looking forward to, like, computer hologram box art. <laughs> but then again, like, then again, I guess that would count as physical, but, you know, maybe that'll be, like, a new uh, optical media. But you know, I'd, I'd I'd be down with that. Just like play a video when you pick up the box, then when you set it down, it stops. Something like that. That'd be really cool. The next advancement in in, uh, uh, box art technology. Future. The future is digital anyway. Sadly, but we'll see what happens. Which is funny because. um, Speaking of, I mean, this isn't in the news, but I just want to briefly mention on that same note, it's that the fact that, like, in Europe, they're shutting down Ragnarok Online and all the other more portal games like Ragnarok Online 2 and their other titles. I don't know if you guys read that story that I posted, but apparently um, this is going to happen by May 25th, which is also the time that uh, Europe's GDPR, which is, like, the data protection uh, initiative that they're doing, their act uh, to protect a consumer's data, they're putting that into effect, and apparently a lot of it also has to do with War Portal being U.S.-based, and so the cost that it would be for data storage to uh, pay for the security costs uh, would be large, and so they decided instead of doing that, they're just going to shut down all the servers in Europe. So, yeah. 
That's yeah, the thing it, where it's like, you know, at least private servers exist and things like that. But that's just another thing about how archiving, you know, data like that is important because if it isn't taken care of properly, it's, you know, obviously gone forever. And so there was like this big battle recently about between like the ESA and the, uh, I forget what the other group is, the ECS, the ESC, I forget what they're all, but it's like the ones that always fight for the side of, you know, uh, emulating and hacking and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, like there was also that recent thing about how, you know that sticker that goes on on a console or a laptop or TV that says if you take this sticker off, you void your warranty. Uh, apparently, that's illegal. They can't do that. <laughs> so uh, that is a weird back. thing to like. Just finally realize, like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So apparently, Sony, Nintendo, all and Microsoft, all those different companies that you see, like usually it's over like the hard drive thing, uh, the sticker. Um, apparently, that's not legal because uh, you know there has to be a very good reason why you can void it. Uh, and you have to put an effort to give them something like the consumer back something in like equal return. And because they don't do that, they just make you, you know, straight up pay if the stickers off, uh, they have to get rid of those stickers. <laughs> so you won't be seeing those much anymore. Yay. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just a weird thing to like, just realize after how many years that's been in effect. Yeah, it's it's this weird thing that it's, like, it's taken so long for people to figure out uh, these matters, and the same goes for once again like the digital archival purposes yeah. of, of things. Because like, yeah, Ragnarok Online obviously has a very thriving private server community, but even then, it's still sad to see that stuff go because people have such great memories. Like, if, once it finally shuts down in America, I'll be super sad because I played the pre-alpha to that game, and uh, it's just one of the fondest uh, MMO memories. That Every I have. everyone will have to embrace the 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 legacy of Ragnarok Online from then on, where they go into a private server, become like a half Jedi, half Sith. Like I always go like at hell and just like stay there for a while and level up like to two hundred pretty quickly. Uh just all these crazy things happening. I always I was curious about checking out like the uh the not too long ago they launched like this thing where you would basically restart Ragnarok Online from the beginning without any of the content updates. And every so often they would patch it in. So basically it's like it's just, you know, like a rebirth. But it seems like it was not uh received well so they kind of weird uh, it's like everyone fucking realized oh vanilla of ro is actually hell yeah it only they only added ragnarok online to steam like maybe a couple years ago which also reminds me of how a tree of savior just didn't just didn't work mm-hmm. out too well because of the bots and, and shit like that but that was like a, a big tangent but i was just i was just something i thought about uh when we were talking about you know obviously the preservation in digital media uh considering that people still love that physical media it, and you know we were talking about little witch academia that's a digital only title even if it's physical in, in japan it's just another bummer when you think about it at least you can import it i guess yeah but still it's just you won't have an english t- copy that just you can pop in anytime yeah, I mean, is there like a a game that's out recently or will be that you can buy the Japanese version? And it has an option for English uh, language. I'm trying to remember. Ah, uh, Clannad, PS4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was a bizarre thing, wasn't it? I just yeah. think it's kind of weird how Bandai Namco releases games like uh, Seven Deadly Sins and my hero academia although that's a bit popular it was that um, other weird like, there's black that? clover yeah any, any, <laughs> that, oh yeah any, that, that's basically any, all i'm, I'm getting that's at right. is like any modern anime Surprise, game i don't knew that one any modern anime game seems to get a physical release but little Witch academia which seems to be popular to me anyway it doesn't i don't know it it's, is. Kind of it's weird. super popular it was it, it's like it's it on netflix, on netflix you know? yeah so, I don't know. I mean, My Academia is arguably like a huge right now, but like Little yeah. Witch Academia is still, it's still definitely more popular than. What do you think? I, I don't know what Academia is talking about, guys. It, it's called My Hero Wants Justice in the West. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, can justice, you, you, is... can, you can not say academia. <laughs> Uh, speaking speaking of box arts, yeah, sorry. Uh, speaking of box arts, I, I just it's just kind of funny how that game, which is the My Hero Academia game, they can't even call it My Hero Academia. I, I don't know if they can't or they don't. I don't know, I have no idea I why they, they can't. Don't. Uh, and well, I was, I was it's, it's, the, it's, so it's, the game title is My Hero One mm-hmm. Justice, which is yep. kind of awkward to say. Isn't yep. that and like, then, like um, the, okay, the box art itself takes like the main character? But sort of imposes other characters onto his face, and their others are like blurred in the background. So it's just it's barely recognizable that it's from that series. Just, yeah, I okay, think like, that's one way to market it. Exactly. I think that the subtitle for the game in Japan is like "One's Justice" or something like that. So that's I think that's where it got it from. But still, well, yeah, I, know, I, I don't know. My Academia has everything you need to know. I, ha- I have so. no like, idea why they couldn't get the Academia in it because if, even the licenses in like overseas, like it seems like on Crunchyroll at least, there's still My Heroes. It's my it's My Heroes Academia. It's not not like My Hero or something. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I was I was talking about this with someone, and maybe it's like a weird situation, like with Attack on Titan, where it had to be called AOT in Europe. Yeah. Then still, but it was still Attack on Titan here. So I know, like the Atlas. Uh... Attack on Titan game in Europe, they actually just use the Japanese title, which is what Shinjeki no Kyojin. Yeah, I don't know. They just oh. for some reason they don't call it My Hero Academia. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Know. Oh yeah, it was called My Hero Academia Once Justice. Yeah, <laughs> and Japan, now it's just I don't. My Hero Once Justice. It's, it's like no, one of those no things one like, will know hey, that has anything to do with it. It's like you're trying to build a brand here, and you take out like the most significant word in that like. <laughs> Yes. It's the yeah. longest word in it too. So I just that's the first time ever. I, I I can't remember the last time something like that's happened where it's just like as as a big a cut on a name like that. It's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, uh, going back on topic though, it's just mostly been Tales of Destiny this week though. Yep. And uh, I'll probably usage. I'm near the end I think, and then I'll probably just try out Ysay. I now that they fixed the control, I I had it running pretty well before, um, but that control issue was the main thing holding me back. So I'll see how it is. Did, did, didn't they just release another patch yesterday or something like that? Uh, they're releasing patches like daily, yeah, so probably. Yeah, <laughs> we're not reporting on them anymore uh, because they're so frequent. Now, I, think, I think they're trying to get like the time. like the fucking Guinness Book of World Records of like uh, most patch game consecutively. Uh, that's <laughs> actually going to go to God of War because apparently it's had six patches in eight days. <laughs> so I don't, I don't it's know. at 1.17 right now. We're, that's we're, that's how much it's been patched. We're, we're at day 13 that patch notes for East 8 or something. So yeah, well, they're, they're, they're com- competing. They're competing directly with each yeah. other. So on that same note, though, uh, Josh, you've been playing some God of War as well. Yeah, uh, I, I played a little bit of God of War, uh, maybe like four or five hours in, so I'm not too far in. I, I've been enjoying it, but I think the the weird thing I've had with it is, uh, I don't know, it's just, it, when I had to, when I booted up the game, I had to like set like the motion blur off, and I had to... Oh yeah, I hate motion blur. <laughs> I, I, I had to, well, I mean, that's what I usually do. But yeah. I left it on just to like you know just see how they did it, and then like immediately when I started like controlling Kratos, I felt <sighs> I felt sick, so like yeah. kind of swaying the swaying the camera motion around. Yeah, is... so I t- I took off motion blur, and then I had to turn down the camera sway option. There's just something <sighs> the way the camera work in that game is that makes me really nauseous if I play it too long. Um, the, what they I do, do not always think you want that stuff. It's just it's disgusting. It's awful. Yeah, it's it's the way they do, like you know. I would have it's never like, <laughs> I, I I would have never noticed this until like they mentioned it. But you know the the whole game is shot in one shot. There's no cuts or anything. Um, oh. so it's it's a neat thing, but it kind of it works against me because whenever like I move around in games, it's 
where I expect like you know my head to be or you know like cuts help me like take a breather from what's going on or take, take in the whole situation while this one the, the camera can like whiplash into like a direction that if your mind isn't is anticipating it it could like really fuck with my head a, a little yeah, so it's like especially because it if they take the camera away from you I, I know i know that they do that sometimes yeah so. they do they the, especially in cutscenes, like they, they do that often and since they're not trying they're trying to go for like no cuts like they they it's very often they like sway the camera around and zoom in immediately mm-hmm. of like the, the point of interest in the you know trying to avoid a cut uh whatsoever and that that's still kind of an iffy thing to get used to for me i also i also had to uh keep like the camera like speed uh to default or maybe a little slower uh usually in games i like to like uh amp that up to like maybe seven or eight because i like yeah, you know, being able to uh see things really fast but if i if i go too fast on this it just since the camera is so zoomed into kratos's back uh it it works against me for that as well so it's just it's just a weird situation I have with the game where I haven't I haven't got I don't really get motion sick from games. The last game that uh, I had that with was the Unfinished Swan on PS3, and I couldn't play that game for more than an hour without feeling nauseous. So I'm 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 hoping that you know I can like play this game for longer sessions, <laughs> but I've been kind of finding it hard. I, I mean, I'm sure there's still like a like a neat game beneath it. Like I'm still I've still ha- it still hasn't really clicked for me yet. There is still like. There's some neat mechanics about it that I I, I enjoy, like uh, one of the really neat underappreciated things that uh, is in games uh, these days is when you like when you get items like it's like a loot driven game now when you get items and you want to sell it they're very very uh, clear about uh, which items you can sell saying oh you got these items well um, you don't need them anymore <laughs> like you won't need them for the rest of your journey you know you can you're free to sell them here. So they, they make it super clear in the item description that like, okay, it's fine. I won't need this anymore. Where like in other games, you're just like holding on to stuff. It's like, is this a crafting material I might need? Do I need it for a quest later? Yeah. And they're just... Whenever, whenever a game says, like whenever there's a description, something along the lines of this item can be sold for money, you're always wondering, maybe it can be used for something else. So I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, I sell it right away. I assume <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's just I I wish more games uh, would just. I mean, games recently have been done a great job with this, but in games like in Persona Five or in Xenoblade Two, there's just a lot of like junk that you have that they don't uh, really make it clear of like, hey, you know, you're fine to sell this. You won't need this at all. You're just like, okay, well, hopefully, just I don't know. Uh, just a so, junk thing, you know. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I, I like the I like the narrative so far. I like the the different direction they're taking with it. The kids, uh, okay, I think. Uh, I'm usually not not thrilled about you know always having like a a sidekick with me in a game, but he doesn't get in the way in the way, and uh, he he's useful in combat with his arrows. Uh, what I like to do is kind of go the stun route of just kind of like doing like uh, bare fists and having his arrows fill up the stun meter to really instant kill. So it, it's a it's a very nice looking game. Sound design is fucking great. It's just I don't I don't know if I wonder I wonder if like this my situation would be solved with a pro. If I were to to get a pro, would I feel more at ease? Because oh, right now, excuse to get a pro. Because uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it does look really good, but like uh, I mean, I just I remember having some great memories of God of War three, especially like the mm-hmm. ending. I thought it was very well done, and so I've just been seeing so many pictures of of what it looks like. But not much video, so uh, outside of like you know gifts, and so right. I I, don't, I can't speak for your experience mm-hmm. though. Yeah, the, yeah, the the lighting system is killer in it. I really like uh, when I'm exiting caves and kind of the way uh, the way they kind of let the 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 light bleed in 
and whatnot and the transition of going from like a, like a cavern area to sunlight and in, like a snowfield area beautiful stuff it's it's awesome but um, other than that, I missed last week's podcast because I was running a community event uh, for yeah. Monster Hunter World for the site. Uh, we were uh, go on. What's so up? how do you like limited time events with RNG drops? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I wasn't really gunning for anything in particular. I was there for the experience. I, I definitely um, understand everyone's like kind of gripe with, the, with this whole thing. So... Uh, we were doing the limited time Kovet uh, Teroth siege event uh, in Monster Hunter World. That's up till I believe the the beginning of May. So I think the next week is when it when it ends. And uh, essentially, what it is uh, is you have this new quest after you can reach a hunter rank in it, uh, where you kind of have to g- gather a group uh, of people. It, it like uh, you can do it solo, and you but you can do it up to with up to sixteen players split off into four different groups of four. And really, the only benefit of like having uh, you know that many people with you is to uh, level up your pursuit level in it. So when you start this quest in the gathering hub, where you kind of where you can see other people's like you know characters, it's only available there. So you have an, uh, an excuse to like you know meet up with everyone at uh, some place. Um, you kick off this uh, uh, siege, like you know, begin siege, and then so you have everyone um, go. Uh, choosing the same quest to hunt this monster and there are four different phases to this monster but uh in order to like get to those phases more easily you level up uh, its pursuit level and the pursuit level uh, as you level it up uh it lets it so you can break off its parts more easily and it goes to the other phases uh more readily because what you really the ultimate goal of this is uh you want to knock off its horns completely but uh, before you knock off its, off its horns, you want to complete these objectives to like uh, raise your reward level. So there are two like it's kind of it's needlessly complicated, like uh, many other parts of this game. But there are like two different uh, levels uh, that are with you uh, uh, when you start the siege. You have a pursuit level, which affects you know, like I said, like the how transitioning phases and how easy it is to break off its parts, and also its reward level. And the reward level is raised by completing objectives um, uh, with it, because the higher reward level at the end of this, the better rewards you're going to get. So objectives, I, I haven't played Monster Hunter, so I don't know exactly what you mean, but would an objective example be like trip the monster on a wire or something? So, or like what is an objective? So the objectives are kind of like you uh, you broke this uh, monster's tail, you broke the right side of its chest, okay. you broke the re- re- left side of its chest, you broke, you chipped some of its horn, uh, you 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 broke its like each of its limbs, so you broke its right leg, its left leg, its high, right hind leg, uh, left hind leg. So it's all it's just a, it's just a bulletin board of like okay, you want to just get put on as much damage as you can to every part of this monster before you before beat it. like yeah, yeah. okay and, and and so what what this does is you know as uh, you progress and. Uh, Get through through all these phases of breaking every part of it. You raise you raise that reward level, and eventually, after you uh, break off the horn to completely get uh, get it off, you don't actually kill it. It runs off, and then that's when you cash in all the rewards from it, saying, "Okay, the siege is done. I uh, I'm appraising all these items, and you can get you get uh, weapons only we- only weapons. It's toy RNG what weapons you get of uh, rarities six through eight, which are like the the three highest rarities in that game." And they're all exclusive to this, so there's no other way to obtain these outside of the, of this event. 
uh, and it's totally random what you get. So, like, for example, I cashed in, you know, I claimed my rewards from it, and I got, like, uh, this awesome gun lance from it. I'm not a gun lance user. My friend was a gun, is a gun lance user. So I told him what, what I got. He's like, man, I wanted that, you know, but there's no way for, him, for me to actually trade it to him or anything. It's, it's just what I got. I guess I should probably start learning gun lance because it's really freaking good. So, uh, yeah. There's it, no way to trade at all? No, there's no way to trade at all. Huh. So it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, it, that's that's how you get the grind uh, going. That's how you get people to devote a lot of hours into it. Is to you know. Yeah, I assume not, they'll probably like bring it back at some point. But yeah, still, like, I am. Shame. Uh, I imagine it's so. Gambling. It's basically gambling. At the, it's like loot crates at this point. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, uh, and um, the, the the benefit of grouping up to like you know all these other people like having like uh, four squads. Uh, doing the single sieges to get is every time a squad completes their objective, you kind of get partial credit for it, and that and that raises the pursuit level even uh, like you can raise that level even faster. So it's kind of just like getting to the max pursuit level as fast as you can while completing as many objectives as you can before um, you know cashing it all in. So that that was kind of the gist of the event. So it was very fun, you know, um, kind of like getting uh, our. Uh, community together on discord and everyone uh had a great time you know we all, all live streamed it i'll try to i'll try to get up to youtube uh eventually probably when the event uh, is over because there's a lot of many many hours and a lot of uh size issues uh getting the way to like kind of get that uploaded and whatnot but um yeah. it, it, was, it was a lot of fun i mean everyone had a blast it, it was great because we started the stream it was me and three other friends who had no idea what the fuck the event was and what to do. Like, I ha- like ha- two of them had to like get the like the the tracks for it to even start uh, start the event, which was fa- fairly fast. But it was it was cool because it was a lot of like learning as it went. Like there was, there was no person that was like completely knowledgeable. Of, like, oh, here's what we had to cattle this, this, and this. It's like, oh no, we're kind of. Uh, learning together of like, okay, this is how the event goes. It's on a new map, so it's a totally foreign environment. There's a new monster. We don't know what the fuck it's going to do. And... So it's like the Dark Souls of video games. Yes. We dodged all the, all, everything from it, and we, we went into it fresh, and that's the Dark Souls experience, going into a game fresh. Fresh without any experience. I yes. mean, I saw footage of, <laughs> of the uh, of the boss, and a lot of people saying it's basically the the best thing that's ha- one of the best things that's ever happened in that series. Uh, this particular it, event. So it, it was it, it's a it's a really really cool uh, fight because the the fight uh, starts with um, the monster is very slow at first, yeah. and you're kind of just uh, kind of getting a feel of like what to do. So you're, it's like roaming around this cavern area, and there's like multiple cannons set up there, so you work together kind of using the environment and tools to kind of get as much damage on it as you can. So you can throw uh, fire cannonballs at it. You can uh, right. shoot down, like, boulders on it. And, like, kind of just, like, uh, getting a feel uh, of uh, what it's, what it's going to do before it goes to the second phase. Second phasing is this, like, this more open area at the bottom of the map. And that's kind of when the fight starts getting uh, uh, started proper, uh, where it's starting to when... be more more aggressive it's starting to do a lot more attacks where it has like a like a devastating fire attack that it has now that can if you don't have like the proper fire resist armor that can easily one shot you or um or which is really fucked up is um uh, the monster is very very large but it has an attack where it kind of it it kind of does like a, a like two rolls on the ground and it, it takes up a very wide area so like Oof. if you're in its path you need to like do like a superman dive 
because there's no <laughs> there's like no way you have to kind of abuse like the the Superman dives invincibility frames to like not get hit by it because that does a lot of damage as well. It does a big ass tail swipe and its tail is like a mile long. And then then it gets to the third and fourth phases of like it, it goes to like this lava area where it starts getting um it starts heating up. So when it heats up, um it'll be more easy to like uh knock off parts from it and then the you also have to like uh consume uh, like an item so you don't start getting uh, damage from the environment and it, it just and it starts getting more and more intense and at the final phase it breaks off like all of its like armor parts so it's like and it's it, super fast yes and it's super it's fast yep <laughs> it's it's such a really cool fight it's like one of my favorite fights from that game they did such a great job like designing that fight and the ramp up of it it's just a shame that it's limited time, but I understand why it's limited time because there's like a good excuse for everyone to like come together, and you know yeah. you take the good with the bad, and you know it's it's it was largely successful in like getting people who haven't played for months get back to the game. I was part of that crew of I haven't played uh, in months, so but I really wanted to experience this with everyone, and that was that was great. I loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really need to get back to that game. It's just been kind of sitting there since like. I missed out on some of the big events that happened, so it'd be cool to check yeah, that out. Even I, if I won't be able to participate in that particular event, that's the, still the, like, it'll come back the, for the sure. The promise of yeah of stuff like that to come, you know, especially when we're coming up on the the PC release. So I'm sure they got some big stuff planned around mm-hmm. that as well to capitalize on the on the uh, mm-hmm. larger crew. There's people. also the the Dante collaborate yes. or the Devil May Cry collaboration. Featuring Dante like from that. Devil May Cry, yes. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe I should top in on that, and that looks really cool. <laughs> did you see the the picture that someone took of like the the picture of like Chanley Kraling of the sprite version of Mega Man? Yes, uh, I remember that. It was, that was excellent. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. The that's and it's like oh, that's that's Monster Hunter. <laughs> so, that's, mm-hmm. that's, Weird combination. It's like, uh, nah, I, 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 I like that Capcom is fully embracing just the weird collaborations that you can do with yeah. this and just the ongoing uh, nature of it. Pretty excited yeah. about that. So, and the, so the last game uh, that you've been uh, spending some time with is uh, because of the release this past week, uh, mm-hmm. Super Robot Wars Cross X. So, yeah, it's, it's actually X, X this time. Oh, it is actually the X. Yeah. Okay. So, you can go. It's like Cross thing. Like, yeah, this, right. um, so, yeah, that's kind of the reason why I've been kind of taking a little break from God of War. Is I'm, I'm dipping back into Super Robot Wars um, with X, and th- this is uh, a really really neat uh, kind of new one coming out. Uh, yeah, V just came out last year. <laughs> I'm but, glad you heard that because I didn't want to yeah. bring it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, V came, v came out last year, but th- there's uh, like a different kind of style from uh, V in terms of like story wise. And V, um, the basic setup in that was you had the Space Battleship Yamato series be like kind of the crux of this uh, story of like, hey, you're fleeing from the a dying Earth to go to a very, very long journey to Pluto to find a cure to, like, save this dying planet. And uh, apparently, you know, uh, the the citizens of this planet, the aliens there, uh, have a, a solution to kind of help it get back on its feet. And mm-hmm. But it, the, the, the beginning of that was kind of very dire because of the circumstances. And it was very, it was like kind of nonstop action, but it's always like a, a sense of despair uh, depressing, and you know it. It's it makes sense. But I was like, man, this this is heavy, you know. But I, I get it. I, I like it, but it's heavy. And there's a uh, an X. It's a very much uh, kind of like a, a feels like a fantasy and fresh adventure. Like uh, in this one, you have this uh, characters are getting transported to this like fantasy world called Alwarth, and the the crux of this um, uh, game this time around is a very very old mecha series called Mashin Hiro Wataru and that's like a kid's show so it's basically uh, an adventure with the, with the cast of that 
to uh, like kind of go up to this like uh, mountain, I believe, to the, defeat the, the villain Dalakdar. And it's a very like you know just a simple story, and you and this kid like uh, pilots like a, a mech that's like uh, has a dragon god in it. So it's a very you know like very it's a lot more lighthearted than yeah me. exactly. Um, so so like it, it's it's all about like kind of. Taking it the things as they come, so it's very easygoing. And yeah, and I guess uh, the the series Wataru has like a really funny localization. I really want to watch its English version now because uh, it has protagonists, uh, or not protagonists, antagonists that are, are kind of have names like Schwarzenegger, you know, so like Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, so <laughs> hard to say out loud when yeah, instead of reading it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, and it also has like a. An antagonist named um, uh, Cruising Tom, who flies a jet. You know. Mm, oh yes, Top Gun. Yes, of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a. Uh, th- th- that was actually really funny to see because I've never heard of these characters. I don't know this series at all. Um, and yeah, so it's in it's in a fun ramp up. Uh, you, the original character this time around uh, is cool because it has like a this mech that uh, it's called an Auto Warlock. And it's a, it's it's like a magic based mech that deals in a lot of like elemental attacks, like a, you can summon a storm or or fl- or fling fire at enemies. Uh, so it's once again all fantasy based, but it, it introduces an interesting gameplay mechanic where um, the the protagonist has the ability to cast magic spells in battle called dogmas, and these have like a really cool effects that like range from like teleporting this uh, unit to this space. Or uh, doing like an energy buff, I'll give you more energy for this. It doesn't expend their turn, so you can kind of do it freely. But I think you only do it once per map, uh, like do debuffs and whatnot. So it's kind of like a, a neat twist on the series of like giving you more options. And it also does a really great job at the beginning, where it kind of introduces all the newcomers first, so it feels fresh to veterans. So you see like all the new seri- new additions, like uh, obviously Wataru is new to it. Uh, Buddy Complex is a new series. Uh, the the a newcomer to the SRW series, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it was a mediocre show. I mean, I enjoyed it, it but uh, uh, but you know, it, it was a, it's nice to see that how that all works together. Yeah, uh, and also uh, Gundam Reconquista, uh, newcomer to this as well. And so you you now have a nice ramp of like seeing new faces, uh, new mechs, new attacks, new animations, and um, and you know, uh, I'm getting. To a part of the story where there are more familiar faces now, you see, I see, uh, you know, Guren Lagan uh, got recently introduced into it, and Gundam Wing Endless Waltz uh, is starting to get into the fray as well. So it, it's it's a nice mix of new and old, but it it feels it, it feels nice because it's going back to like a, a kids show for to kind of take it all in. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just it, to me, I, I like kind of like that. That small beginnings of like of a little kid doesn't know what the fuck's going on like grows into a hero like a very classic story you know like in Dragon Quest and whatnot mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's a lot of fun I tend to play a lot more of it uh, I can't wait to get back to it uh, there's still a lot of series in there like Code Geass that I want to get to because those are like my staples in there that what I'm really yeah. in there for yeah I mean like uh, that's Legitimately want to play mostly also because of the Evangelion stuff. Is that is that in Super Robo Wars Cross? Uh, Evangelion is in V, not in uh, X. Oh. oh, it's not in it. Okay, well, yeah. cool. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Either way, the, both are excellent games. You know, it, it seems like Grand Lagan though. Yeah, Grand Lagan, pretty good. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, sweet. Yeah, okay. Grand Lagan. Yeah, Grand Lagan's in this I'm, one. Yeah, I'm not going to spend eighty bucks on it, but I want to buy it eventually because that's. Sounds... <laughs> 
especially because like apparently the yeah the localization was pretty good. It's interesting to hear like see people on Twitter talk about how they contributed to that yeah, game. Like uh... we we I retweeted one on RPG site. Uh, we but we all shared it. That one person who helped on like the battle text and things like that. Yeah. Um... Actually, like uh, uh, Christina Rose, one of my friends, uh, who actually did work on this uh, game, uh, she did the the scenario and battle text uh, yeah. for for X, and she she's awesome. She used to she did a fan translation for Al- one of the Alpha games, I think Alpha Two. So it's kind of, it's nice to see that Bandai Namco. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. I, I'm very very happy for her. like congratulations, of course. And you know, it's kind of it's nice to see Bandai Namco. Uh, uh, Southeast Asia, the Southeast Asia branch, like kind of contact these more knowledgeable people about, uh, like you know, amping up uh, the translation quality, the localization quality of these games after like the the tragedy of Moon Dwellers. Which, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was just about to ask which, I was just about to ask which one was the one that had the mm-hmm. really yeah. awful. Yeah, it's uh, like hollow fragment like levels. Uh, of yeah, I'm so. I'm very glad that like you know they they've. Obviously, been listening to the feedback. It's like you know we can we can do better, and the, so far the the English script yeah. of this game has been really good. That uh, Christina has done like a fantastic job, kind of just giving everyone like their own charm, personality, and, and whatnot. Like you know with uh, with uh, the Schwarzenegger um, kind of villain, uh, when you defeat him in battle, he'll he'll say I'll be back and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. That's stupid. So, That's so yeah. Stupid. That's so freaking stupid. So All good. Right. Stupid, but it's a, but it's great, <laughs> and it's weird. Like if it's like in the context of a kid show, like do kids really know these characters at all? <laughs> I mean, there's like, no, there, there's there's no way that like a lot of like overseas fans know, but I'm sure like it, it, to those who know, it really strikes a chord with them. Like, it's, oh like, yeah, wow. I mean, it's like when you see anime and you see like like Arnold Schwarzenegger or like uh, you know Mike Tyson or any like mm-hmm. those characters show up randomly in an anime. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's uh, it's just pop culture at that point. Yeah. Well. Yeah, uh, so that sounds cool. Uh, and yeah, it just came out. So, and like we just mentioned, it's it's got full English text uh, as one of the options. So you just have to buy it from the uh, Singapore PSN mm-hmm. if you want to check it out. Uh, but expect to pay a little bit more uh, as yeah, a result. Or so, in some places of the world, about the same because <laughs> America tends to be on the cheaper side. The, the licenses are not, not not cheap, that's for sure. Nope, and do not expect it to be localized anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, it is localized over there in Southeast Asian territories. Just don't yes. expect like overseas release, official overseas release like no, in North America or Europe. There's English speakers over there. That's why they did it. It's not so we could... It's, just, it's licensing <laughs> hell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the same as apparently. Yeah, Jet Set Radio Future is exactly the same issue. It's got license in hell. It's never going to be like remade. Oh, I, I just learned about that. Yeah. So it's, it's like today I learned. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's apparently got so many problems with the uh, the licensing on the songs and all the graphics and things like that that it's near impossible for it to happen. It's just there's so many different. That's crazy! Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, hoops to jump through for that. So yeah, uh, for me, uh, I. Did cover two games this past week. Uh, I talked a little bit about this last week, but Mega Dimension V2R, uh, I got to beat that game uh, and put the review up on the site. Even if I'd already beaten the previous game, it's mo- it was mostly me just skipping through text because, believe it or not, it's mostly the same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, if uh, Josh, if you played much of that game I, or I, how much I, of it. I played all of Victory, but I, or yes. at Victory 2, um, but I never, I didn't really get into V2R because I don't, I don't have a VR oh, helmet. Oh, no, no, so. you don't. I only want the context if you played B two, but but, uh, but, but like it's just isn't it? 
what do I get out of it if I played like mostly the same game? Like if I already it's played done. it, if you don't get much, I mean, honestly, like it. Someone asked in the comments on the review about like whether it's worth it to buy this new version or just beat or buy the original. Like if they had not played the original, like which one they should they buy? And even then, I was kind of like, I even, I mean, in the review, I pretty much said like if you played the first one, you it's hard to recommend but picking up this one. I gave mm. it the score according to like how I felt the overall game was, and I still felt it was pretty good. Um, it was more maybe on like a lower eight, like almost. Okay, a well, Seven, well, well, was there any reason to like remake the whole game? Nope. <laughs> not, not really. Uh, it's really? it's hard to I believe why they actually did this. To be the, honest, it's, it's, because it's like the, a for the most part, visuals. I know it was like remade in yes. Unreal Engine. But... Yeah, I, I, I actually I couldn't figure it out if it was the Unreal Engine, but if it is, I assume so because that, that's what they used with Cyber Dimension. But uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, so basically, uh, go just compare it from the original. Yes, it did get uh, the new engine, so it's a lot more cleaned up in terms of visuals. I even uh, show, I even like recorded a video of it uh, on the review at the bottom of the page. You can actually see some gameplay. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot cleaner looking. It's not all like like smeared as the original okay. did or orange so it's a lot cleaner looking uh the overworld map actually is animated as as opposed to just a static image so that's a bump i guess uh but yeah it's cleaner it's uh, the more deep it's more detailed it looks it just looks a lot better it's got some nice little bonuses as well like for example now uh when you run around the world map uh excuse me the uh, the field uh, a battle uh just around the fields of the, the different maps uh other characters in your party run with you and so it's kind of like Cyber Dimension in that way, where that was like an action RPG where you had you and your party attacking enemies. It's that they run around with you as well. And their path and issues weren't anywhere near as bad as they were in Cyber Dimension, where they just got stuck in the environment. Here, they seem to keep up with you pretty well. And I just thought, generally speaking, that's a cool thing to do, where you have your party running with you. Because otherwise, it's like, unless it's like a weird like street line or a triangle shape or whatever it is. In this case, they just kind of run with you naturally. Uh, it's just nice so that they don't just don't you know disappear into like your back pocket <laughs> in between battles. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think I think that that general um, uh, addition was was a neat touch. <laughs> I, I, now, uh, now that you say that, I just think now that that it's a weird like bullet point to put into this game and now into like Hyper Dimension Neptunia Rebirth One Plus on PS4 because that's that's also going to be a feature in there. Of, like, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, run, of course. Running around with you. So just that's, like that's, <laughs> that's a weird fucking bullet point. It's like yeah, now you can see your party members. We're gonna get fucking okay. remakes on one, two, three, and Vic, and and V two. I mean, excuse me, like they're gonna do the remakes for all of them and just do this like slight change to it. It's just it's Idea Factory being Idea Factory. I'm not too surprised about that, but at least they did make some changes as well. Like the now it's got a like a a combo customization screen or whatever like when you so instead in in the past uh and you and i talked about this josh but it was a little bit different here it's that uh you would just outside of battle you would set up combos for your characters so like for example like your uh your square would always be the power attacks you like uh, equip different uh different attacks to your square button so and you when you run up to an enemy you just keep hitting square and it just does the next attack the next attack and the next attack in your combo until you do like a special way to finish it off mm-hmm. uh, and this is that you do that in the middle of battle itself and so you run up to an enemy hit x to start the combo and then it comes pulls up a screen and then you basically just go through and choose what you want the screen uh, the combo screen to be and then you trigger it otherwise you can just go back and fiddle with it before you like do your final uh just uh make a final a selection on that so so, so, so that's so the... it's more like like you press x up to an enemy to like for, for an, a menu to open up and then you input yes. it there and then like little kind of like a kind of 
You're kind of chronicles. You're kind of giving it commands, and then after you confirm the command chain, then you actually do the com- do the combo. Yes. Oh, you, okay. can, you can go back and fix it if you want to. It's like it, nothing's nothing's final until you say so. And so that's the difference. And then once it's over, you decide how you want to defend it. Like you can either oh, just flat out straight defend or oh, just. I don't just... know. That feels more cumbersome than what you initially. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit tedious when you're trying to just get through it. Uh, but it's just different, you know. I mean, I, after a while, I kind of got used to it, and you know, for the most part i was just like in the first game i was like mostly skipping things i kept hitting like the uh, i think i think it's the r2 button you skip the uh, animation so like after a while i just it oh it you didn't thought, you, thought you have to still scale uh, okay you can't so, set macros either by the way so you have to put them in manually oh that sucks yeah just felt like a gambit system or some shit in it yeah it, it should have just been something simple like that i don't know like that's the thing where I, like even the review i mentioned like you know it's like it's hard to say whether this is actually uh uh a, a pro because it just seems kind of weird uh, that they did that um but other than that like they also added the vr scenes which oh, right. still it's like this weird context so i'm, I'm not gonna get really to spoil this just that at the beginning of the game they make it seem like you the player because you're like the disembodied character pretty much like the male insert character or female whatever just the insert character uh and that uh you've already beaten the game you saved the universe and now you go into like this player's room which is your hub that you can um play the game again like go through it for some reason which is like the whole setup is kind of bizarre anyway because it's like why would i want to go back when i already saved the world um but then you can also customize your bedroom that you're in which is more like a uh, uh like a uh, a studio apartment like a japanese like one room studio um or you can also have these interactions with the different cpus so uh the thing is, is that every time you start up one of these interactions, it's that it's the V2R means that it's got VR scenes. And so if you have the PlayStation VR headset, you can actually look around and uh, like look at your room and, and look at the characters, of course, and interact with them like nodding your head or shaking your head when it asks you to. Uh, generally speaking, just kind of, you know, that very basic virtual uh, style to it. Otherwise, you're using the right analog stick to interact with the room, which is, you know, it's weird because, like, I think the left one, left analog stick, like, you lean side to side. And it's very, like, disjointed sometimes. Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah. click, click, click. It's like you're clicking to, like, different positions, leaning forward, leaning back. And, you know, it's the way they mess, mix it up is that, like, after over, when you have these interactions uh, with the characters or through the game, you unlock uh, additional things to add to your room. And so at one point, my room was filled with, like, these Neptune dolls. <laughs> and Neptune would run in and be very excited about seeing all the different uh, stuffed animals or uh, stuffed uh, uh, Neptunes around the room and just get excited talking about them. So that's how they kind of divvy things up. But for the most part, it's, like, 99% of the same game. So... That's why, like, when it goes on sale, uh, Neptune V2, the original, like, it's it's hard to say, you know, hold off and wait till V2R is on sale. It's like, it's, you probably would be just fine just buying the original and not worrying too much about that. That's why my review is more just about the overall game still, not so much about the, whether it's worth the price, because that's, it's hard to really do that review, talk about, you know, is yeah, this worth your yeah, money? Yeah, you know, some people really want to talk to Nept. I can't, in, in no matter what I see, fans and... will buy it anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, like oh. I, that's that's when you when you're reviewing super niche games, it's kind of not really worth it to go down the road of like, you know, should you buy this game if it's worth your money? It's like people spend godly amounts of money on like those limited editions anyway. Let me tell you uh, about the... my, my my nephew who watched a YouTube video of like some YouTuber who spent three thousand dollars on a mystery box and had complete shit in it. So yeah, 
People that spend money on anything. Sweet. <laughs> That's, I don't. Was that was that tied to a game or something? No, or it, just it, it was just a those... random YouTube video. I was just like, "What are you oh, watching?" He's like, "Oh, you spent like three thousand dollars on a mystery box on eBay." Is that when you um, go like Anime Expo or something like that, and you just go like those little like boxes or the bags of like random uh, stuff from around the store? Yeah, I never but, buy but those because just... it's like most of it is like the value is fifty bucks. No, that's not it. That's not the case at all. It's usually just like a couple toys. <laughs> that's all it is. I never trust those things. I can't. I can't. I don't buy what I can't see unless it's like Overwatch crate. So yeah, um, people spend money on anything. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but let me talk about the game. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk yeah. about, and that's Frostpunk. Now, this is a really good game. Um, so, people who don't know, uh, like one of the, the the other game that these people made, Eleven Bit Studios. It's called uh, This War of Mine. Mm-hmm. And I did a uh, video on our YouTube channel. Like I, I shot about a, an hour's worth of footage. That was free on PlayStation Plus. It was called um, this, war, uh, this War of Mine, The Little Ones, which is that they added children to the game itself. So like the thing about that was that it was about... Um, the uh, You're basically like in this... You, you start off with like these random characters inside of a house... And, the whole, and you're inside of a city that's in the midst of a war, uh, and the city itself is under siege uh, by the uh, by rebels and by the, the the opposing war. Of course, it's all inspired by the siege of Sarajevo, uh, Sarajevo uh, during the Bosnian War. Uh, it's kind of funny because like a lot of Bosnians actually came to Iowa, uh, which I'm from, mm. uh, and they like that's like a huge amount of them. So like I learned a lot about the horrors of that stuff oh, myself wow. by the stories that they talked about. Because yeah, it was like this is like during the early '90s, so you know they're all yeah. about my age when the fact that they had to go through that um so the same creators of that made this game called frostpunk which is totally different uh not so much as the tone of it it's more the uh gameplay the genre itself it's a city building survival uh game uh like a simulator uh that is all about so it's 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 set in the time of like the 1800s uh just around london and it's that the world has just gone through an ice age uh, just it just kind of kind of happened, which you know wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of how it happens uh, in the future anyway. Uh, no one expects it to. And so what happens is that everyone sort of escapes London uh, to avoid you know going homeless and hungry, and they found this new uh, this basically what is the last city uh, in in civilization, uh, and it's this. So it's it's basically like a pit, and there's a generator. <laughs> so that's all you've got going for you is like this big generator. Um, and what you're supposed to do as the ruler is that you obviously have to build things up. So at the beginning, all you've got is just that generator and some like scattered resources around you, some loot crates, some like uh, some coal off to the side, and some uh, steel that you can just send out your workers. You've got about like 15 workers and 15 engineers you can send off to do random stuff to be gathering resources. But of course, this is the midst of like an endless winter, and so everyone is really cold because it's like negative 40 degrees uh and um you know yeah what you have to start with is that it's kind of fascinating so the generator itself is like a a circle in the middle and what you do is you build out from that circle so the whole point of course is that because the generator is provided heat it has to disperse evenly across everybody and so like you might start with the first radial it's like everything's on a radial uh, a, a, a plant. So you have to uh, build, like, first you might want to build tents around that. And outside of that, you'll start to build things like uh, uh, workshops and medical centers and mm. uh, um, 
resource hubs uh, in case like you get so much so much of a certain resource that you need a place to store it all. So you have that, and then you have like hunter hunter. Uh, I forget like these hunter spots so that people that want to go hunting uh, outside of the of the outpost they can go out and bring it back and so you it, it all depends on the number of people you assign to that particular uh building uh that'll depend on how much you how much food you get how much raw food you get how much like meat you get uh but also like when you build the workshop how much uh, effort is being put towards uh, like researching new things so it's got all the typical things you expect from an rts like it's got a skill tree, uh, not a skill tree, like a it's like a research tree, but also this whole uh, factor of laws. And so you're researching laws. So the first thing you might do, for example, is that, and then you know, a lot of this has to do with the citizens themselves. They've got uh, two meters, which is hope and discontent. And so they start off things with a lot of hope and not a lot of discontent, but obviously based on the decisions you make as they go along, this can dramatically shift uh, the way that they, you know, view you because obviously if you do too poorly after too long they might start to rebel and they might start they might even decide to banish you from the city itself uh, and they'd rather go alone like some of them even like during my one of my games they actually uh were threatening to go back to london like they just uproot everybody and they would inspire everybody else to come along and and leave this behind because it's obviously not doing them any good when you're doing the um, research trees like what dictates like what currency are you using are you is there like some sort of experience system that you accumulate yeah, it's actually uh, generally just uh, resources. And so using like okay. wood, for example. Oh, okay. And all the while that you're just trying to gather coal uh, from the area to power this generator. And so you have to keep the generator on, obviously, to keep people warm, especially during the night when uh, everyone stops at around 6 o'clock at night. And, you know, uh, that's that's it for the day. But that's what the laws can come into play. You can research extended hours. You can inst- You can research child labor. Uh, you can research like 24 hour shifts. Like, you know, people, that's the thing. Exactly. It's like the trade off. It's that I'm trying to keep these people alive, but they're not happy because they're being forced to do these things that, you know, their bodies aren't capable of doing. So it's in that. And then you like, you might research, uh, you know, when someone gets gravely ill, do you risk, uh, like uh, doing like as much as you can to keep them alive or do you just you know let them die you know or do you want to like turn them into amputees like like they get frostbite cut off the foot or cut off the leg like i had one guy that i had to amputate for the first time and then after a while he got so depressed about not being able to contribute to the colony that he basically committed suicide and that was it and like these moments come across that are very dark and grim like for example like this uh, there was like we had a death. It's that this child who uh, was uh, like laying down next to the graves of his parents uh, froze to death while laying there. So it's like these moments kind of shows how stark everything is. Um, is there and, like a definite and, uh, end though to this game? Yes, okay, it is. Uh, so what it is is that you've got. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's 45 days. Yeah, it's like 45 days that you have to beat the game. I I was able to get to the end. Uh, it wasn't that hard, I guess. It's just that I was I had to kind of manage everything up front, and so you know it was mostly just set up about three or four workshops so that the because they they all like uh, work together to uh, boost how fast everything gets researched. So I got that going. You can also research uh, these uh, signal balloons, I guess, and so you can send out scouts to go out uh, and search for 
uh, you know, survivors are also resources. And so I was able to get all that stuff and bring it in to help the colony more. And you can also research more ways to get resources, like carving through the uh, the walls, because you're basically like you're surrounded by walls and you, all you've got to get out is like a ladder. So yeah, you go through the walls, go underground to bring stuff up to the surface, more resources. You can also research automatons, which are giant robots, walking yeah. mechs. There we go. Uh, that can also serve. The problem is that they also take coal, so uh, what happens is that you do not want to put them on to uh, gather coal because then it just it's like this weird <laughs> canceling each other out. It's really bad. Um, Can we replace the humans with the mechs? I wish you could. Honestly, I was like spending time there like these automatons, they don't get angry with me. They don't get upset. <laughs> they don't complain. They don't get hungry. Uh, all I do is feed them some coal. Finally, I can push my agenda of uh, replacing the human race. With androids and mechas. It's basically what it I was it was making me happy because it's like I'm just doing my best to like keep these people alive. And every so often the the your your uh citizens they'll come up to you uh, making a very hard decision about like we need you to because we're, we're at, like for example like uh we were having an overcrowding issue uh with the medical facilities because people were getting sick because of the heat uh because the cold weather excuse me and so you like you promise them to build like a new medical facility and if you don't do it in time uh, obviously the discontent goes up and also you know like by the time that the 45th day rolled around uh you know there was like this big event which i won't spoil that kind of puts you in this very difficult position uh like in, in many ways and you're, you're like you know really struggling to fight against what the problem what's what's facing you and you have to uh you know come out the other side uh, successful otherwise your whole colony is doomed and so uh but once that's over there's not a whole lot else that's the that's the only real knock i can say about that is that once you get through the 45th day you can't continue so it's not like this uh you know free mode where you can just keep going forever uh, I think this war of mine, you could totally do that. So it's it was kind of different. Do, that do way. you feel? Do you feel it's like the like relatively like you know rigid in the way you build your your city or, or no? Do you, feel, do you think it's free form? It's a lot more free form than you'd expect. Okay. Uh, you can do a lot. Like a lot of the stuff, it's more like that's the I guess that's the other knock is that you uh, you know once you get through the forty fifth day and be successful like I was, it's that you probably could go back and mess with the laws because at some point you also can institute either religion or law and order because uh, that's that's kind of the thing is that you have to decide whether that's how you kind of keep everything under control because people are getting restless because you know why wouldn't you be in that situation and so that's that's kind of the, the big part of it um but you know outside of that like you might get your fill but that's a lot and you know they're adding more content later like there's they're, they're promising future content updates for this game uh but right now it's that once you beat it, you've got you've got access to a couple scenarios you can try out for yourself but it's more like it's kind of like age of empires to make that like you know uh we'll give you this many people this many workers you have to kind of protect them while something else is happening you know it's, it's that kind of rts style to it but um you know for the price of this game it's well worth it. Like I had a great time with it. Um, it's very addictive. How much uh, is it? I think it's, I think it's twenty bucks. Price. it's not worth it to check the price sometimes. Uh, thirty bucks. Yeah, no, that's thirty bucks is still perfectly fine. Yeah, I was as long as it's not full priced. You know, that's the thing. That's like when you're um, pushing a little too much. And you know, like I beat the game in about fifteen hours. I think. Uh, okay. But that was me just being like I was like doing a lot of fast forwarding and stuff because it was review. So right. if you want to really take your time with this, you can really have a lot of, of fun with uh, fun with it, it's quote unquote fun. Because boy, uh, but if if that intrigues people, like they want that sort of uh, you know uh, everything's the on the, the brink. Game. 
Yeah, it's it's dark. It's grim. It's got that really uh, uh, cold tone to it, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, um, it, it's also got a neat look to it, especially because like for the most part, the only real color is coming from the heat. Otherwise, it's just it's just a lot of blue and and black and and everything just feels sort of miserable. But you know that that feeling of uh, achievement that you get. Uh, for being able to help people survive another day is is unreal. Like I love that part of it, and you know, like I said, it's it's for the price definitely. Cool, definitely. awesome. Sounds all great. right. Other than that, it's yeah. just a lot of uh, stuff. You know, I got another review working on. I'm going to review that Atelier game. <laughs> That's uh, the Lydian Soil. That's the thing. we got to get to that because I'm not going to go into why we didn't review it before. It's because my computer messed up. But let's get into news. Tech difficulties uh, suck. That, I mean, for everyone. So yeah. I, just... I couldn't cover it at all because my laptop can't run that game. Cool. Apparently, it's way too demanding. Uh, but we'll have that. So people who've been waiting for that review, it's coming. But let's get into the news because we got some important topics to talk, discuss. So at the top, uh, Nintendo, what the hell? Uh, they've <laughs> fallen into the mobile shell. Uh, they have contracted the services of Psy Games, who people know as the uh, the creator of Grand Blue Fantasy, along with a bunch of other games in Japan. Uh, they are partnering with them to create a whole new mobile RPG called Dragalia Lost. Uh, I don't know if Josh or Adam... I, actually, Adam, you haven't talked to a while. Adam, you take this, since you covered the story for us. Yeah, so this was announced... Basically, as part of their their yearly fiscal, you know, details that they made that they have this collaboration with Psy Games, and that there's even like a small like Nintendo will get compensated from like with Psy Games stock like five percent or something like that. Just a lot. <laughs> now they haven't like detailed um, how many if this is like a multi game project or what this is exactly, but what we do know is that the first game is Dragalia Lost. It's coming out this summer in Japan and a couple of other regions like Taiwan. Um, and it is a... Uh, what do you call it? A gacha game. <laughs> where yeah. It's an action yeah. RPG mobile game for smart devices. And it looks like, you know, it's kind of like a real-time action RPG where you're moving characters. They have a trailer. We have a trailer on the site. Also, I also want to clarify that this, uh, this will get a North American and European release yes. later after those uh, uh, territories. Yeah, it's been confirmed. Yeah. yeah, worldwide release, including English release, just no date yet yeah. for those. Um, but anyways, it's an action RPG, so uh, not like a Fire Emblem Heroes or something. Like that. It's a, it reminds me of that battle girl RPG <laughs> high school um, thing that that Jack is very familiar yeah, with. Yeah, it reminds me of the gameplay of that, the battle girl high school. I think that's what it's called. It, it's like yes. what that, the, one of those like you you fling your your thumb around and it follows you. And it's kind of like uh, just like an action base. It's not like menu driven. So it yeah. battle girl high school is more like you tap it. Actually, I think there's like you have two choices. So maybe you're completely right and I just never tried it. But yeah, it's it's very basic. It's meant to be played with one hand, and so you you'll be able to like you know deal with it on the train it, it reminds you of like uh like kind of like the chibi 3ds models for um I, I can't remember like like uh alliance alive for example yeah that's actually now, a good point they this the one interesting kind of subtext to this announcement is nintendo has previously partnered with i don't even know how you pronounce this dina is it dina d d d d just say the letter i don't know d just say the yeah letters? oh yeah it's it's yeah it's dna yeah uh, it, it's d d e n a d n a okay i don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> dna pronounce it. <laughs> it's okay the, 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 branding anyways um 
like they were partnering, they have partnered with them for distribution and such. Now they're doing this this like development slash collaboration with Cygames. So it's you know a little bit of a you know an unexpected move, obviously. But we'll see what happens. Um, the game is a brand new IP, so it's like not connected or tied to anything Nintendo at all. Um, it seems to be pretty cartoony, so it's probably like an all-ages type game. Uh, but we really don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> like, I like the, the point that... Uh, even that... the Japanese website just basically showed a couple characters, like, um, but didn't really even detail... I like the point that they had Toad on it, but even in the like the, there was like a little note at the bottom. Toad does not appear in this game. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Very, but uh, I guess there'll be a collaboration, so you know, maybe eventually. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see. Like, I can see this thing, th- this type of project, getting like an anime adaptation. I know Side Games has been really oh. leaning into that. They did yes. an anime adaptation for. Uh, Cross Grand, media potential. Uh, yeah, Grand, Grand Blue Just Fantasy. Like World. <laughs> um, Shingeki no Bahamut and um, Uma Musume now airing. Um, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, uh, I should yeah. also point out from that same. Um, fiscal year that they also announced that the switch had uh, just at 18 million units sold which is insane because this wii u sold 14 in its entire lifespan and so only a little over a year actually just a year later because honestly it was like a year and a few weeks uh it's past that already and it's already you know it's really taken off and breath of the wild uh if you don't count the remasters is the best-selling zelda game of all time which is pretty good and obviously super mario odyssey is the is the, the best-selling it's, it's been game barely of- a year since that game came out it's already the best-selling zelda Fuck. yeah and Sumari Odyssey is not even like what six months old, and it's the best-selling game on the platform right now, which is seeing a lot because Mario Insane. Kart came out and all that. It's but been... yeah, I, I'm interested to see how far they're going to go this uh, partnership. Uh, like, will we start seeing like Grand Blue characters in Smash, or what about Grand Blue Fantasy Port for Switch? <laughs> and then you can take it where you just got to turn the screen sideways, and you've got it. A browser game. on. Okay, it was pretty funny, actually, because um, they announced a, a Grand Blue Fantasy collaboration with Uma Musume, and they, the, on, like, uh, the Blu-ray volumes on uh, Uma Musume, uh, you'll have like, a Grand Blue Fantasy codes to get those characters in the game or some shit, and it's only available in those volumes. So in the, in the rankings for, the, for, those vol- for those volumes, it went from 830 to 6. Once it was announced. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And uh, is, isn't that like uh, the Grand Blue Fantasy, the Persona 5 event? Isn't that like next month, I think? Yeah, well, it's, I think it's like... We've got a couple June, more yeah. days in the month, but yeah it's, yeah, it's supposed to be coming up soon, but you'll be able to recruit characters from that mm-hmm. series. Though. If you want to so, get into it, we have a guide up on the site, by the way. But yeah, Dragalia Lost, hopefully here, but it's just... There's no date for it, but no date. We'll it's it's not, it, it is Japan. iOS and Android, for sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll hear about it during their E3 Direct, potentially. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, no, moving on. Just, just a very unexpected, like, news out of nowhere. <laughs> no, especially because, I mean, that's... The fact that, like, so far it's been just uh, taking their properties and turning them into mobile games, like uh, Super Mario a Run IP, and, yeah. Animal, and El Cross being, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, and yeah, that... I, I, so... do, I do wonder, yeah, if we'll see, like, the Dragalia Lost characters, like, in, like, a Nintendo games, just, like, maybe as cameos what? or something. Yeah, it's the next Splatoon. Ooh. Did they announce? The, wasn't there like another mobile game they were working on, or have they all come out by now? Cause Mario, the Kart. Mario Kart mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. coming that out. Yeah. yeah, that was because uh, I, I, I think, I think yeah, I think that was the only one left that they uh, from that, the initial yes. announcement. 
Yes, because all the rest have come out. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, I heard it's been getting better, but still, it's just not the same. <laughs> it's just not what I want from Animal Crossing yeah. Game. It's, you know, well, flat, but... small map, you know. Well, I played about and like, some leaks. Maybe we'll get one on Switch. Uh, I oh, I would love that. Honestly, that would be insanely cool. Uh, but uh, and moving on, other piece of Nintendo related, Xenoblade Chronicles Two uh, is received a one point four point update, and it's added another character, another two characters, but one that's really important because it kind of relates to the patch that came out last year. Uh, Josh. Yeah, uh, it's adding uh, Telos from Xenosaga. Which is That's how you say it? I just say Telos. In English, anyways, they basically say Telos. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 So that was a really cool, like, unexpected announcement out of nowhere. Um, they also uh, showed off the first expansion uh, pass exclusive Rare Blade uh, Poppy Buster. Uh, <laughs> That's our own translation, right? I think that is. No, no it, it is Poppy Buster. When I reported it originally, we assume that's what they would call it in English, and that's what they did. Yep. Oh, cool. All right. It's so, nice to be accurate sometimes. <laughs> I will say that it's, uh, I saw that the, apparently in German, so it's, it, his name, her name is Poppy Buster. In Japan, it's, you know, Hana, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has a different name. Both, uh, But in German, it's like Poppy Cloppy. That's yes. Poppy Cloppy. It's like my dog. It's like a dog's name. <laughs> oh, that's so adorable. Name. Oh, and, and also, yeah, I, so, so some little tidbits from this uh, just future expansion pass updates. Obviously, we'll have new quests and blades, you know, as expected. But the uh, the new thing about that is they're also uh, planning to add a new extreme or Kiwami difficulty to uh, that as well, uh, expansion pass holders as well. Which, man, I should maybe I should hold off till that till my new game plus. But uh, just mm-hmm. to just to be clear, to get uh, Telos uh, into your game, you need to have uh, completed the game once. So you have the little star medal by your completion in the main menu. And then you still roll for her, uh, but they've set the I got ra- her on my third core. Yeah, they, they, they've set the rates for her uh, to very high uh, yeah. to, so you can oh. get her. So it's pretty much a freebie at this point. Yeah. Um, they kind of insinuated that, right? That it was mostly just like a, a gift to fans. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. You know a little bit more about this, uh, Adam, because you've played, you've played it. Yeah, I've gotten both the blades and I've already updated them to full. So... Yeah, um, when they add when they add platinum trophies to Switch, then you'll be completely ready. Unless it has to have me do, redo everything. Oh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I'm actually probably would be surprised unless they pass. Uh, but anyways, um, I so I got the new blades, and the thing is that is kind of like one thing I'm looking forward to in expansion pass. Not only di- not only a higher difficulty, but like something else to fight. Because basically the strongest monster in the game is this level 130 unique monster thing. Um, and to be honest, if you're at like post-game level, he's not that tough at all on normal difficulty. Is he harder than the normal boss, like the final yes, boss? Yes, he is. By, he, he is by far. But like Xenoblade games, I haven't played X, but at least the first one and the second one. Wildlife has always trumped the actual yep. story it's stuff. That's true. X. You could break the shit out of X if you really wanted to. But it's, the, it just it's like, like I got these new blades and basically like, I guess I'll test them on this one level 130 monster thing and I did. Like okay well that was cool. Like I know they're going to be doing uh, some sort of battle rush challenge mode. They haven't detailed this at all yet but they basically said they're going to do it. I'm kind of looking forward to it because right, you get these new blades if you've beaten the game already. There's not a whole lot that you can do with them. Yeah, because it's like the, the yeah. battle system is so compelling in that game but not like once you get to that point of like where you feel it, you fully embrace it, not uh, like every monster you fight doesn't have the health to like really get the thrill you really yeah. want out of it. <laughs> Which is weird to say but... 
yeah. the longer fights go, the, the more excited I get in that game for some reason. I think in general, in Xenoblade 2, the, the battle system is more suited and more interesting and more fun and better designed for the, the basically the big high HP monsters compared to the uh, just normal enemy groups. Yeah, that, that's yeah. like it's such, a, it's such a bummer for like a good chunk of like when you're going through that game because you're just like, man, I was about to pull off this, this fucking combo. But, but then they, they died. died. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, did die so soon? Anyways, yeah. So yeah, Telos is cool. Um, I it's been a while since I played Xenosaga three, but her her uh, level four special, she pulls down her visor and she does like a dark orb, like darkish reddish orb type of attack, like an energy ball. Which I'm pretty sure she does something similar in Xenosaga three. Um, Poppy Buster is fun. Um, not to like. It's not really much to spoil here, but it's just it it kind of takes the antics of Tora and Poppy, and there's more of it. And now you have Poppy Buster, and it's just kind of amusing. And Tora neat. and Poppy, very so. good characters. Always, yeah. always want more of that. I love Poppy. Poppy oh, is so like Poppy's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's she's, such... it's kind of like this mix between like a childish naive person, but she's an android, so she's also like super smart. So it's just kind of this, and she's snappy too. She has like a lot yeah. of like, kind of, like harsh comebacks, and it's like wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. A, that's cool. Uh, yeah, there's just there's more of this tease of Xeno Saga out of nowhere. Come on, and I, I assume you guys talked about the the, the tease of the Xeno Saga HD <laughs> okay. trademark yeah. thing. I'm sorry. I, I just I was I was thinking about it for a while. I was like, what? That's that from? That's literally also in Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet. Is <laughs> a character who's an android that's also a girl, a little girl, and she also super smart. So I was like, oh, so they have something in common, apparently. Those two characters. It's this yeah. juxtaposition for Poppy specifically. It's like she acts kind of childish at times, so she's kind of like naive and whatnot. But she's not like, but she's also an android and also smart, and it's kind of, it just kind of. She's not like a deep character or anything like that, but just kind of fun and amusing. Oh, okay. Well, the character in the game is, in Soda yeah. Ramon, Pita Bullet is, I guess, I don't know if you'd call her appealing, but yeah, she's just like that. That's why I was thinking. Poppy's a better uh, character. Oh, yeah. I, know. I haven't played, but I'll, I'll, take, I'll take your word for it because I imagine anything's better than Soda Online at this point. Although I have been liking the Soda Online alternative anime. That's oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been keeping up with that a little bit. That seems really good, yeah, because it's not Kirito isn't in it. That's it's, probably why I like it. It's also written it's by actually... the, the author of Kino's Journey, too, and the, yes. Kino's Journey's pretty good. I heard the new Kino's Journey wasn't that great because no, uh, they changed the character good. a lot, especially yeah. the motorcycle, and they said, hell no. Yeah, um, but, don't uh, watch the new Kino's Journey. Classics. Yeah. yeah, don't play it. Don't watch that at all. Apparently, it was and bad. To watch like the two thousand six one or two thousand two, I forgot. Uh, two thousand two, I bet because yeah, I remember I watching that like in yeah, yeah in high school. In, that, was, in school. that was awesome. That was good. That was really good. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, great, great opening song by the way too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um that's uh Xenoblade Chronicles two. Obviously, is that 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 patch is already is, yeah. is up soon or is it out now? It's up. Oh yeah, because we got the footage, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. So that's that's kind of on the Nintendo side of things. Also, apparently, uh, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, uh, who took over as Nintendo president and representative director uh, after Satoru Iwata passed away, sadly, uh, he will be retiring on June 28th, and Shintaro Furukawa is going to be taking over. Um, so he has been he's been around the, with the company quite some time as well uh he's got some like an interesting story to him i don't know if you guys got the fact sheet up but like i think he like spent like was like a third or a half of his career like in germany and he's you he know multiple languages he's also is fluent in english as well um but also very learned he was like a, a, a heavy into the marketing side of things he's also not really like his he has some game background but that's not like his 
Forte. No. Um, and that's yeah. that's basically one thing that Nintendo is they there's been a couple of sound bites and you know interview clips recently where they talk about how they try to hire people from diverse you know yeah, yeah. knowledge they sets don't want to you know they're, they're not they're not they're not they're not all just programmers or gamers or whatnot um which is weird so that's how I mean, Satoru Wada. but anyway yeah yeah so, I, I think it's uh he's young yeah, he's yes. he's forty six years old. He joined yes. Nintendo in April of nineteen ninety four, and you know this 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 kind of uh, makes sense because Kimishima was always to be served as like an interim, interim. president. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't that so... funny? Because I think it wasn't like that. Uh, people they like at the time when Story Wada took over, it's that uh, the former president was like in his nineties at the time. Uh, was like they were not sure about hiring someone that young to become president. Like yeah. it was very yeah. like they're very cautious about that. They didn't like that idea much at all. But they they were able to convince uh, the powers that be to you know have him become president and obviously it was the best decision they could have made mm-hmm. so maybe this potentially could be the same thing because if anything yeah, you know it's a long yeah, time yeah, but... yeah furukawa is like in the bo- and you know obviously the, the ballpark of uh ages uh compared to Iwata. and you yeah, know I, I, but, but but i'm very interested to see where, where this goes because man kimishima fucking knocked it out of the park when he was just uh on his very short uh time period as president making sure that the switch as you know had a steady launch successful uh keeping the ball rolling so this... yeah, you don't know how much of it is, was a water, of course, but like um, Kimishima obviously did play a big role in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're talking about the rollout, which is it, it, yeah, very... it's, uh, it's also because like it, it was a very very like weird time for Nintendo because Iwata was there for quite some years, and now it's just like oh he he's gone now at the at like the the dawn of a new console. Like yeah, it, at it, the very least, of, it would have been imagine a lot of uncertainty. I imagine, and you know, exactly. well, like. Oh, a lot of it had to do with like third-party relations, you know. Like I'm sure, like it was, it was uh, a lot of obviously his role was kind of shrinking because of his health issues, and so Kimishima, I'm sure, like played a big role in that. If you want to, well, like Awada was obviously behind the huge success of both the DS and the Wii. Yeah, um, 3DS. Um, obviously, the Wii U is also you know under his you know reign, mm-hmm. but like he passed away kind of when Nintendo is not in a super great spot and. Obviously, he contributed to Switch, or at least it's very, it seems that it, way. Yeah, it's oh, definitely his totally baby. Did, yeah. It is his baby, for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they talked about that before, yeah. It's, but, yeah, Kim, Kim, I can't pronounce his Kimishima. name. Kimishima. Kimishima. Uh, did it, he did his job well for being interim. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you think about Nintendo, where they were five years ago with the Wii U. Think about Nintendo now with the Switch. It's... Fucking bonkers! Like you were just saying earlier, the, yeah. it's like already at an eighteen point seven whatever million, and that's already way past you know what we used sold in its entire lifetime. And the Switch has been barely out for a year. It's nuts. And apparently, it's, also, like, and it's, uh, it's actually getting third party support too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's important to point out that there's another story coming out that the PS4 sold about like seventy nine million or almost uh, eighty million units. But they're looking at that everything's the sales are plateauing, uh, so they're expecting that that's like that that's going to shrink because people who want a PS4 have already bought one, yeah. and so that might be the uh, coming of PS5 soon enough. But the Switch is, you know, we're talking about like just a year later, it's still taking off. It's outselling a lot of. Crazy! I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it outsells the Xbox One soon enough. Yeah. Uh, but it because that's like about half uh, of what the PS4 has is the Xbox One. I think it's like at fifty or something like that, uh, forty five fifty. So 
it's it's just exciting to see that. And there's some really big games still to come, uh, oh, yeah. especially because Smash Brothers isn't even out yet. You know, which will be at E3, by the way. Gosh, right. It seems like Smash Brothers is their big big game this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I I can't think of too much else besides Octopath Traveler, but that's well, not like, going to be. That's how big there's game in our hearts. Yeah, that's apparently there's still. Fire Emblem this year and like Dragon Quest Eleven, Valkyrie Chronicles Four. You know, Fire Emblem still... Warriors sold over a million. Yes. So like, Fire Emblem wow. is a new Ace Attorney game, well, the Pokemon game coming out. You know, there's there's plenty of stuff to be excited. But like, about. Smash Brothers is going to sell multiple millions though. The new Yoshi game could potentially be big for them too. You know, because that's obviously way more mainstream for them. That's that's that could also be a big a big get for them. And you know, like these deals, like the ones with side games, like they could still be. Uh, courting these big uh mobile publishers to be in their games off the switch even if you know it's kind of not the most you know yeah i really wonder if we'll, like if we'll see like an eventual like maybe port or maybe the maybe uh, that grand blue fantasy relink is no longer ps4 exclusive maybe it'll get an eventual switch release like who knows it's it's hard to tell oh it's own version you know that's that's the kind of thing uh that we can kind of hope to see as long as it's not like mini game collections that were good <laughs> you also see like this weird like you know uh kind of trying to like you know smartphone games coming getting a switch version like another eden you know not only coming to sw- getting a switch version oh, but also yeah, getting a world, worldwide li- release you know that's a that was a smartphone game and like apparently very good for the people who played it but it's just kind of like a like will we start seeing more of these like smartphone games get switch versions and if they haven't been released uh, like you know worldwide where does that put them so i think another eden is gonna be a very interesting case to watch because mm-hmm. like no other like you know game project is really going the way it's going of like just announcing one a switch version two it's getting a worldwide uh release yeah that i mean that's another thing looks awesome so I, i'm i'm hopeful it'll be checking that out because uh, i mean that's we're talking about the rider of chrono trigger uh, the director exactly. of chrono trigger in fact uh, rider, i don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know so, someone it's, from it's yeah, i think yeah it was the rider excuse me of chrono trigger okay. uh is, is the one who worked on that and yes yes annoy mitsuda um he contributed the theme song but otherwise you've got like a lot of people that have worked on a bunch of anime doing the music for that and from what i know actually from knowledge of people who actually played another Eden, i played some of it but obviously i don't know japanese that well so i don't know what exactly was going on uh people who played it they legitimately thought it was like basically it's it's very much like a traditional rpg without the awful trappings of mobages uh, or gotcha games that there's no like stamina system uh there's you know no timers and stuff like that it's it's for the most part it's like you're Typical RPG, uh, a very good one at that. And um, the only thing, it's got some of the gacha stuff in there, but like it's not uh, egregious about it. So that means that you know it's it's a, it could be really good for the Switch in in a broad sense too. Uh, and uh, you know, if, and obviously for mobile games as well. So hopeful for that. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a few other pieces of news we've got here. Uh, we probably start winding this down a little bit because some of these other stories are not as big uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so Chucklefish, who I wish they would talk more about that witch school game, but apparently they had another game to share, uh, Eastward, which is a new game uh, from this Shanghai-based publisher, uh, excuse me, developer called Pixpill, um, that looks cool. Uh, so it's it's apparently it's been in development for a few years, and it's a very small team uh, that are are working on it. And so uh, it's it's like this weird story about. Um, that's all, like, the whole look of it is inspired by 90s Japanese animation, which immediately got my attention, because that's, like, the, you know, the, the peak with the cell animation. Uh, but it's, like, a, a character-based uh, adventure RPG uh, where the world is on the brink of collapse, so it's post-apocalyptic, and you're traveling from town to town uh, with this girl. Uh, 
so I think based on the fact that it's called a dual character, it means you can control either one, uh, which is kind of a, a neat turn, um, considering the style to it and all. And it's it's so yeah, you're just like this. Uh, you're this hardworking. This is what they. This is what the press release says. You're a hardworking digger named John who must guide a mysterious girl named Sam through monster-infested, ruinous cities. Uh, but there's also like a lot of shady people in the towns as well. And so they've showed like an announcement trailer, a few screenshots of that. Uh, what do you guys think about that game? I saw the trailer for it. I think it really looks uh, very neat. Uh, has a like the, the the sprite work in it looks really really rad. You know, yeah. like it's, it's very smooth. For some, yeah, for a first uh, project, that's great. Really, really liking the color palette. Uh, I, I want to see more, like you know how the actual gameplay systems underneath that. But I, I'm intrigued. I definitely want to check that out when that comes out. It's got uh, yeah. Just looking at like we like the first screenshot we've got the big one it's like it's got some really cool style to like even just the banners and the characters themselves have a very unique look to it uh like we are like oblong faces and whatnot like it's something that you just wouldn't expect it's not you know your typical sprite uh, or 2d throwback style game to it uh and you know i'm just excited to see uh, more about the action I, i'm really excited because it's, it's, it's another game project where i can like uh, listen to more uh music by joel uh, Korlitz. Uh, yes, they, they we're didn't... talking about Unfinished Swan. <laughs> so yeah, that's we were the... just talking about Unfinished Swan. That, like, you know, I really can't play that game, but I fucking love the music in it. Tomorrow oh, Children, yeah, that, uh, I really like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we posted on Twitter, and it got a huge response. I think it's like over 300 retweets and stuff. Like, people seemed excited about this game, too. And, it uh, yeah, it just looks gorgeous. And so more games in that style would be cool and Please, Chucklefish, more about that witch game, because I was super curious. <laughs> Being a little witch, I can even fan. Um, another piece of news. See all this coming a mile away, but this is interesting nonetheless. So we posted uh, some new details on Saga Scarlet Grace, Scarlet Ambition, uh, the enhanced port of Saga Scarlet Grace, which was originally just for uh, the Vita. It's also coming to PS4 and PC. Uh, I think, is it Switch? Switch. Yeah, Switch. Yeah. So the fact that it was coming to PC kind of led credits any, credits anyway, just because they don't really do that so much in Japan unless they intend to vocalize it, or at least they don't do it. I mean, China I think does it all the time because that's the culture. But like here and in, in Korea, but like in Japan, it's just it's not really, especially when they're seeing it, they're putting on Steam. So, uh, but funny enough, uh, Kawazu, who is the creator of the Saga Frontier, uh, excuse me, the Saga Saga series, that it's the lead designer and lead director. Uh, he basically confirmed it through his Twitter account. Some fan asked him a question on there about, you know, any news about that? And it's like, yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, reveals, he reveals quite a bit just casually. Yes, yeah, all the time Twitter. about like the Momentum Saga stuff, too. You know, you don't need to wait for uh, Square Enix. I guess they just let him do his own thing. <laughs> I you know the I just love the the nonchalant the not, like kind of announcement because it was a uh, like I believe the the fan uh, the fan question was like hey like any news about the the Steam version like is it going to be available in other countries or something around there and then he's like oh it's going to be released on Steam on uh, August second and then you know later on there will be an English release and that was it it's like that was oh. the same as someone asking about like the limited edition is like yeah English version we'll think about it. <laughs> You know, you got you answered like two in a row at, or two like really close to each other within the same day. He basically just confirmed it. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, it was we kind of saw it coming them all away because of the whole Steam thing, but still. Still, uh, uh, that's I'm sure awesome. James uh, is really excited uh, about um, that. And, you know, we yeah, I, I wish they would just like just let, let like, you know, the press release like come out like, you know, when it's already kind of greenlit in there and not like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like this needs a whole lot more exposure than it actually got. 
Yeah, considering, I mean, it's funny because in that limited edition that they announced, it's like, you also get a, a code for some digital goods for Imperial Saga, which completely forgot about. It's the oh, yeah. browser-based game only in Japan, but, like, that's been kind of the only thing from the Saga series for years now, uh, ever since, you know, they were trying to work on the Romance and Saga titles. So, uh, and it, it kind of... It's never going to happen, but it would have been cool if they also confirmed like a localization of those Saga remakes they put on the DS. But they're not going to do that, you know. Saga one and two, they those are they're basically in the same sort of style as Adventures of Mana and stuff like that. That would have been cool, but it's not going to happen. Okay. At least we you, get. Why do you think we'll actually get a, like acknowledgement for Square Enix America that that is actually you know getting coming? Oh, Saga Scarlet Grace, oh yeah. Paul E three or something like that, uh, maybe Anime Expo. I don't know. It's it's. Not anytime soon, because uh, they're focused on the Japanese release. Yeah. We'll probably find out about it in the fall. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, if we're lucky, then then depending on how those romantic all saga they're just dropping out of nowhere like they did Romantic Saga. You know, they just don't really. You know, Some, something tells me they're just not that thrilled about sharing that game in the West uh, outside of localization. Which you know, I'll take it. I, don't I, I, I yeah, I guess because awesome. you know, people will look at this game, those, uh, and then they'll look at the character models and be like, oh, "Is this a mobile game?" It's like, "Oh, God, yeah, um, I guess no." So. <laughs> It kind of is, but at the same time, it's way better than yeah. your typical. But I'm, I'm just thinking or... about like it's coming to mobile. So yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's definitely true. So the fact that that's the case, it's like it's weird. It's coming to consoles and mobile. You know, you don't see that too much. Yeah. Uh, but that's 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 cool. But we got a post up on the site. People want to check that out. The the new trailer, uh, the debut trailer, in fact, which is odd to it's say. running at 60 FPS. And man, I've seen the videos of this. It's like, ah, oh, man, I need it. Yeah, it looks really cool, and it's got the same sort of setup as the other Saga games, that you have like multiple characters, each with their own stories that you can kind of follow along uh, from their perspective and play it that way. Uh, like, I wish more games did that, because that's cool. And we'll find out in July with Octopi Traveler. So that seems like very much like a, a, a Saga game, even if it isn't by name. Uh, but we'll see. And uh, another interesting, speaking of uh, unique approaches, Brave Neptune, which people who don't remember, it's that Neptunia game that was announced uh, through uh, just a compile hard video, pretty much in like a teaser site. Uh, that a company in Canada uh, who previously worked on what was that Z- Zodiac uh, Zodiacs Zodiacs yes yeah, Zodiacs, which is the actually is a French studio. Excuse me. Well, French it's studio. weird. Like it was a French studio, but then they like some staff. French, the staff moved who to worked Canada. on Zodiac started their own studio. Yeah, uh, and that's it, it's in, in French Canada, and yes. I believe this is basically their first title. Yeah, I believe. Yes, yes. Sorry, I, I, I lost, the, lost the thread. Yeah. I lost the thread. You're right. Yeah. So it's like I think it's like the person who directed Zodiac uh, and some other uh, some other people started a new studio in French Canada, uh, and the, they're actually Kapal Hart is entrusting them to make this game. So Adam. Apparently, it's got a unique approach to the con- not yeah, not necessarily unique. Well, it's a so when it was first announced, they basically said it was a two D RPG, and we I think even now we still don't really have like a proper trailer or even no, just for like it. some like but it was in magazines this uh-huh. week, so there's yeah. more information on it. It has some subtitle which. I don't have it in front of me, but it's something like ultimate RPG experience or something, you know, yeah, it's silly. Not, it's going to be cut. It's okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. But um, it's a side-scrolling RPG. So you're, it's like a platformer, you know, you're viewing Neptune and maybe other characters from He's the side. Like a kangaroo all the time, apparently. Yeah. And then it seems to have a battle system similar to Valkyrie, Pro, Valkyrie, the Valkyrie Profile. It's hard which to mean, yeah, it's like it's turn-based, and that your characters are basically assigned to a face button, and oh, you do so attacks cool. in a combo. Um, 
It's it's weird because yeah. when you think about it, that that actually that series actually works super well for that because everything in that series works in fours. So yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like because like even the action RPG, we're surrounded by three other characters most of the time. Like yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, separate yeah, the adventure four, game. The four goddesses, Same the soft. four the four goddess candidates. You, even like the the rival faction in Victory Two that comes in four. Everything about that game the comes CPU in four. <laughs> oh, I guess that. Actually, CPU candidates is five, but that's okay. Two count for one, so that's fine. But yeah, it's and, it's a lot. It's a lot mapped to that. That's and that's. No, there's like awesome that they're candidates. willing to experiment with it. And they also confirmed it for PlayStation 4. It, there was that like weird website hiccup that oh, showed yeah. it on like Xbox and Switch as well, I think. Yeah, the Which logos. is weird. Like maybe not Switch might not be that weird, but Xbox might be weird, but yeah. uh, we don't know if that was just a glitch or whatnot, but um God, that just means all the ports and remakes and remasters <laughs> are going to come to the Switch, isn't it? <laughs> At yeah, some point. That was, that was a lot of money to be made. <laughs> we were just talking about how like Neptune <laughs> seems like obviously it's like oversaturated, but you know. Yeah, but but, but right now simple. right now it's only been confirmed for PS4 because the debut yeah. of this was from Dengeki PlayStation magazine. Yeah, that so was obviously gonna, no, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. it's yeah. going to be, you know, they're only going to say it's coming to PS4 there. We don't know if it's coming to other platforms eventually or who knows. But um, yeah, the, they showed like the first screenshots, uh, like in, in magazines only. They're gonna probably update the website eventually. Yeah. But you know, looks uh, it looks really neat. Uh, also in the magazine, they showed off like a few new characters that haven't been up on the, on their site yet. Uh, they uh, like um, they have like Kuke, <laughs> Mai, and Suara. Um, so these are all new characters of the series. They look fucking cool when you when you're it's got Sunaku's like, arts so it's yeah. still got that going yeah forward, one, one you know? of them like has like a like a robot backpack so like she has a, like a mm. literally a robot strapped onto her back so she has like a second set of arms that's like a robot so, so it's really fucking cool i was thinking that is, like, is this supposed to be like recore or something like that? yeah, i have no like... idea if these uh, these uh <laughs> like represent anything or not who knows um, oh yeah that's true like they could be representing different uh companies like the other ones did yeah it's, maybe it's so weird like i They're assume Canadian developers yeah, they're trying to keep their maybe their their you know their hand to their uh, close because uh, after Mary Sculpta two <laughs> got yeah. out like way ahead of time ahead of any stream, maybe they're just trying to play a little safer. Yeah, but you know, uh, like, uh, like right now, like the the setup for this game is like you know the all all the four goddesses have lost their memories, so they're kind of like meet each other for the first time in this game. And that's also, kind of what uh, happened in the first game, isn't it? Because she felt. <laughs> Disguise. Anyway. And if you remember, like uh, her her little like a uh, book, uh, Histoire, uh, she's actually like physically like a book in this game as well. Oh, okay. Is like yeah, she's like a, she's like a grimoire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. So oh, yeah. I guess that's also not too late stuff. Yeah. Anyway. That's... So yeah, I mean that, that this is uh, this continues to be like a very promising project because uh, yeah. like a new Neptunia game like from fucking uh, like Compile Heart or who is the other ones that do the other the, the Tam- Tamsoft Tam- 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 God forbid um, yeah, yeah like, what, what that what that series needs is like a breath of fresh air and man this totally this, different genre yeah. well not totally different genre but different type of RPG yeah yeah I mean obviously it's hard it's hard to tell whether this will nail it because zodiacs was kind of eh, you know but well i mean uh, but it's hard to really compare because it it's once again it's just like it's one one or two dudes from if, it's, if it plays exactly the like valkyrie profile from like platforming to the battle system like then... the mobile game <laughs> the upcoming mobile game valkyrie no the, well, oh, okay. the, the, the upcoming mobile game is just basically valkyrie profile Lennon. i know so, i know it's just imagine having giant <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Oh man! Just uh, and digital analog sticks all the screen. Now, you now, now you're just now you're, now you're just posing the possibility of this getting a, a release, a smartphone version release, and you know, compile. I mean, it potentially, that. it's it could definitely happen. 
it's, yeah. it's yeah. If, you, if you like whisper a platform to compile heart these days it's like oh yeah we should probably release it on that mm, huh? yeah, we'll I'll release it three times over the course of for, for one year I'm a, I consider myself a bit of a Neptunia fan but I'm not that Neptunia this fan is, so I can't semi, that shit this is sort of related um, but kind of a left field question uh, Josh hmm. exist archive is that any good uh, it's mediocre oh, yeah. I, I, I take ten like bucks decent. down, so you can find out. Yeah, I own it. Decent. I just haven't gotten around to it. I heard that it's way too long for its own good. That's what I heard. I yeah, I, I definitely agree with that <laughs> statement. It, it like it it has some neat ideas. You you will enjoy it, but it is a lot of like that as the hours pile on. You'll see. Oh, I have to go to this area again, and it's like repetitive. Oh, but it tells yeah. you right on the Amazon page fifty hours of gameplay. It's always great when they point out how many. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, drive it home. Apparently, it's fifteen bucks on PS4, twelve bucks on Vita. So you know, yeah, just to give people I, I own it, and like, yeah, I don't know, uh, yeah. Not your profile fan, but just uh, like, uh, I mean, uh, you, you, you can <laughs> customize your playstyle like in a very freeform way in that game. But like, like I said, it is, it is lengthy for its own good. I totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, I like I like the the biggest review. A very pretty, although. Using experience. That's the number one most requested. <laughs> what was it? What'd you say again? A, a very pretty, although wholly confusing experience. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's Triace, right? I forgot about that. It's triace, yeah, I, right? I mean, the, like the plot itself is like it's it's it sounds okay. like a Triace game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like needlessly complicated but weird and sounds uh, like a Triace like game. Like in a tolerable <laughs> way. All the systems. Yeah. Uh, it's infinite undiscovery of the yeah. Games. Modern. Cool. Uh, God. I'm probably the first one to mention that game. In a long yeah, now you're just reminding me that uh, speaking of Triace, they have a new Residence of Fate uh, collaboration uh, with, with right. Star Ocean. I mean, they had one early, like uh, earlier, but now they have uh, Vacheron in it. Oh, Residence and, of Fate. That and, game needs And then they also have uh, the the female character from that, like in like a swimmer beach outfit thing. Oh, of Japan. Yeah. yeah, summer. Yeah. Well, like it's funny because I think they make fun of the fact that she's just in that in, in Residence of Fate, so it's just going to be yeah. A lot of that stuff. Uh, Man, this is an awesome game. Okay. Uh, But yeah, and and the last piece of news we've got here, just to kind of wrap things up, because this has been going on for a bit here. Uh, Actually, I don't know the significance of that. It's just that God Eater 3. There's actually. I know Shift has been working on the other one. Yeah. uh, This is actually kind of big for the God Eater series. So the the news is God Eater 3. Has been, it's been revealed that the de- uh, developer of that is a Marvel is uh, first studio uh, from Marvelous, and they're also uh, working on uh, Fate Extella Link. Um, just to be clear, like the development director is Tetsu Suzuki from Marvelous in this, so his stu- his first studio is working yeah. on it. But like you oh, know, yeah, but but but, but, the, but the actual like series director and producer is still from Bandai Namco. The director of and producer of this game is still from Bandai Namco. Uh, so, but it's just uh, it's just a big. An interesting change because didn't shift work on Fatal Bullet. Uh, yes, I thought Fatal Bullet was uh, ah, the name escapes me. Or what was the Freedom Wars for people? I don't know. I thought well, uh, it was uh, that. Know, wait, Dimps worked on Dimps. Yeah, okay, so, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what Shift did. I know Shift is working Fatal Bullet. Freedom Wars but... also Dimps, so that was that made sense because they were very close in gameplay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean that that's just a, a big 
change for God Eater Three. I, well, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't have an attachment to the God Eater series. So I don't know if this will be for the better, for the worse, or when it comes out, will it be better or worse. I mean, but... someone reviewed the games. Like, I had a lot of fun with them, but there were some problems with it, especially like not just the visuals, but also like the some of the gameplay elements were kind of got a little too repetitive. Like the characters were cool, but even then, like it, it got it got stuck. I felt like the series was stuck in a way. So maybe this will once again a change in developers, at least for the most part. Uh, we'll give the game about the fresh air, maybe make it more approachable. So, especially if it's trying to compete with Monster Hunter, imagine God Eater in the Monster Hunter World Engine. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. That seems like a bizarre thing, but no. Oh, okay, like... so yeah, th- this actually starts making a lot of sense. Also, looking up uh, Shift, obviously it worked on all the other God Eaters uh, yeah. before, but uh, they also did work on Freedom Wars with uh, SCE Japan and Dimps. So that's they right. To... They were they were co developer. That's it, it. They helped each other out. That's mm-hmm. that was that makes some sense. Okay, man, they can make another Freedom Wars. Remember there was like a rumor not long ago about Freedom Wars coming to PS4. That kind of like I don't know if there's like a retailer listing or something like that. That was like that in Tokyo Jungle, I think, around the same time. Man, okay, like, Tokyo was... Jungle on PS4 would actually be fucking <laughs> I mean, Tokyo Jungle. Like I, I would actually like consider that. like 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 getting a, a pro and like maybe like a 4k tv or something. oh my god just for that i mean the, like the, 4K the producer Raptors. uh of 4K Jungle is very gracious like he's always around on twitter like thanking people for like their kind words about tokyo jungle it's like that game so good really should come I, 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 don't, I don't know why the fuck no one ever made a tokyo jungle too what the no, fuck? it's it's so great and then like it could totally fit within today's environment because like like tokyo jungle came out when survivor games were just kind of Starting off, or at least like getting popular, like you could totally thrive right now. Okay, especially all right. the way it is. A hundred animals get dropped onto an island. Tokyo jungle. Oh, they're all Pomeranians. Is that the thing? Like, <laughs> Pomeranians, and you have to like mate with each other to, to create, and you're gonna like run away from the dinosaurs. That's the... oh my god, a Tokyo jungle battle royale mode would be fucking amazing. Um, and like right. the outside is actually it makes sense because like uh, if you go too far, you get hungry. Yeah, so like the, and the the smoke the smoke is like the smegma uh, the the smegma. That's not the word to use. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the, 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 <laughs> that's, a toy. <laughs> that's not the word I meant to use. Uh, just the the like the the everything around is just like it gets more dangerous as you go, get closer to the circle to the middle of the circle. So that would be awesome. And they drive cars. That'd be cool too. Oh, Pomeranian <laughs> driving a car. Oh my gosh, that's the most adorable and yet the most dangerous, but also the most adorable thing I can think of. All right, so that's that's all take away from this podcast. Uh, Tokyo Jungle Two Battle Royale, hundred Pomeranians all, all eating each other <laughs> and mating with each other at the same time. I uh, they're all cannibals at the same time. It doesn't matter. All right, so that's it for our podcast. So uh, where you guys can find us, you can always find us on RPGSite.net, where you can find uh, the reviews we've got so far: Frostpunk, Mega Dimension, Neptunia V2R. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but the Code Realized Bouquet of Rainbows review from Liz is also up on the site, and the Regalia Men and Monarchs review also up on the site, so be sure to check those out. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at RPGSet, which we just passed 65,000 followers, so thank you all for your support. I think it went back down below 65,000, but I'm not going to celebrate it again, because I think that'd be kind of silly. Yeah, it actually is. It's right below 65 again, but maybe I should play with it. I don't know. Also, you can <laughs> find us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash RPGSetNet. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash RPG site net. We started my playthrough of Magic Net Rare. The fourth episode went up yesterday. So to people who are waiting for that, thank you for waiting. Starting up again. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for Tetracast uh, or RPG site. Uh, two words. You can find us on there. 
find, and also you can find us on Discord, our permanent link, discord.me slash RPG site, which we still got the Monster Hunter World channel up, so people who want to enjoy the raids and such. Uh, that's where we organized everything for the one this past weekend with Josh. So jump on there if you want to uh, hang. Uh, also, of course, we got rooms for like manga, uh, for anime, for music, for um, mobages. <laughs> Mobages, mobages. I always say mobages. It doesn't um, matter. I mean, a mobages. Hey, <laughs> look, it, 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 the the port part is it's always pretty active. You have the it's like Gram, it's Gram so sucky heroes. It's like Fire Emblem Heroes, Fate Go, Azure Lane, the pit. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's just a pit. It's called the hellhole at some point. The hellhole <laughs> you should stay away from. I like to share that we got that Green Blue Fantasy guide. Every response I get is most like. Why would you do that to people? Why would you make them fall into that <laughs> the, the pit that is Green Blue Fantasy? Because that's just dangerous. Uh, but it's up there. You can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, we like to share where you guys can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, Adam? I'm at uh, K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. And Josh? You can find me at H-D-K-I-R-I-N. H-D-K-I-R-I-N. I continue to post a lot of screenshots of Super Robot Wars X. Just right now, I have a... A fucking attack list of Gundam Heavy Arms Custom, which has like all its like you know missiles and Gatling guns, and then its final attack fire everything. Gosh, have you gotten uh, gotten to the Full Metal Panic stuff as well? Uh, there's no Full Metal Panic at this <sighs> one. It was in it was in V, but it's but Full Metal Panic is getting its own dedicated. Oh, game that's right, the strategy RPGs. That's yeah, and that's so, what I was, I was in my head. I was like, there must have been some news around it because I know the anime is playing. Apparently, it's very very good. Oh yeah, the, uh, the anime is awesome. Talk about the mech customization. I forgot, like, Battletech came out this past week. I want to play that. Yeah, I want to get to that as well. Yeah, eventually we'll get that. All right. I know you can find me at Zach Reese, by the way, on Twitter. So that's it for this April 2018 edition, the 109th episode of the TetraCast. Catch us next week for yet another edition. Bye, everyone. Tokyo Jungle 2. Make it happen. Tokyo Jungle 2.